Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Welcome to Belly Up Fantasy Live. Now for your hosts, Chris, Dan, Tom, Houston, and Zach. Howdy y'all. Welcome to Belly Up Fantasy Live. I'm your host, Chris Pinto. With me tonight, the Belly Up Fantasy crew. We got Billy, Tom, and Dan. Guys, how y'all doing tonight? Doing good. Doing well. Can't complain. Good deal, man. Down here in uh, Texas, at least, man, our uh, Aggie campus down in Galveston had to evacuate to College Station. Uh, How are y'all doing with that hurricane? I mean, it hasn't hit us up here in the Northeast yet. I think, Dan, you're about the same place. So Mm we'll see if it gets to us later in the week or anything. We'll have to wait and see on all that business. I know that, uh, well, not that I know, but it is going on. My brother-in-law is having his wedding this weekend. So give a shout out to Matthew and Kaylee in LaGrange, Texas, man. Congratulations for making it happen. And they got a great story, high school sweetheart. So got to give a little shout out to my brother-in-law, Matthew. Uh, And as you all know, they're married into a golfing family, my father-in-law, and two brother-in-laws, Sergio and Matthew, and Mike, my father-in-law, won a golf tournament this past weekend. Uh, got some fire axes, pretty sweet looking, sent me pictures. I was at home cleaning up, trying to do some fantasy work. Didn't really happen, but you know, I missed out on a really good opportunity to celebrate with those guys. I'm really kicking myself for that. So congratulations to you guys for winning that. Um, Dan, Billy, Tom, we've got a lot of stuff in the works right now. I know this is going to be a pretty good episode, um, but – where can everyone follow you at real quick? And what are you working on? Because I know everyone's working pretty hard right now, gearing up for week one. Yeah. I mean, I got to get finalized. The rankings are going to be coming up uh, pretty soon. Cause you know, this is draft week uh, this week, uh, starting this week, next week, and, and the week heading into the NFL season. This is, this is the time. This is the time we live for as fantasy analysts, quite frankly. Uh, so definitely working on that hard uh, this Thursday. Got the full point mock draft this Friday. Have the best five, bus five, super five tight ends coming up. Um, so yeah, and only, only one more week after this of two episodes and we're going to be four episodes a week. So we're going, we're going deep. So make sure you're following me for uh, all those player news update notifications on Twitter at belly up MD FF show. Follow yeah, me I mean, at, oh, sorry, Tom, at view at four, uh, just kind of work. I'm getting ready to come out with some kicker and some defense information for everybody just in time for your home league drafts. I know we kind of neglect, uh, those areas once in a while, but, uh, there are still some people that are looking for that info, so looking forward to bringing that to you. Tom, I mean, what you posted today on our uh, Twitter page for football got me so jacked up. I watched it like six or seven times, and everyone who knows me knows how much I like Bud Light. Gardner Minshew hit a soft spot in, in me, and I'm just wondering what's going on. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, Minshew Mania, it struck last year. It's still going. Dan, I know you're not big on Minshew Mania, but – that's okay. You don't have to be. Uh, partnering up with Bud Light this year, if you take Minshew in the first round of your fantasy draft, 
you can get a six pack from Bud Light. And if you draft him in the first round and win your fantasy league, I believe it's free Bud Light for a full season. Am I right, guys? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's what it was, yeah. Bud Light's not my favorite beer in the world, but hey, free beer is free beer. So, I mean, that monologue that he put together at the beginning got me all jacked up. You know, he's walking in front of that mirror. I mean, that's pretty good. It makes you feel like you could throw football over them there, mountains, Chris. <laughs> Dan, you're, I know you're going to back me off the ledge because you know who I am. You know I like the narrative. You know I like Bud Light. I mean, I'm wrapping my mind around it like I'm having to waste – I'm sorry. I'm having to spend a first round on Gardner Minshew. I mean, if it's a free league, go for it because who cares? But yeah, if you got like any actual skin in the game, no, I'm sorry. I can buy my own beer whenever I want to with the money that I would probably win from a championship by not drafting Gardner Minshew in the first round. So I'm I'm okay with that. That's fair. I was actually talking to my wife about it, and I was like, me and Marco are about to start our draft on Sunday, and our Really, we've got a, a fraternity league that we've been doing for a long time, and I was like, "Do I waste my?" Or, I'm sorry, do I spend my first round pick on Gardner? Uh, and she goes, "Do you think you can beat him?" I was like, "Yeah, I can probably beat Marco and Geo and those guys." Uh, but I mean, come on, Josh Jacobs. Even I mean, if you're at the 12 seat, Josh Jacobs versus Gardner, I'm gonna have to think about that one really hard. No, thoughts on it. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I could do that. That would that would hurt. Maybe a free league, like Dan said, but my home leagues, a few of those are a little too competitive for that business. If you want to compete, so um, I'd have to elect to buy my own beer for that. That's fair. Plus, so, it's Bud Light. Like, I mean, who cares? No offense, Chris, but dear Lord, let's get some craft beer, man. Be a man. I know you're a craft guy. I know you like that, like thirteen point percent wine in a bottle. Some hair in your chest. Go. <laughs> Still more whiskey if you do it right. <laughs> I had some abita this past weekend. I was like, God, please, Dan would love this, but I couldn't handle it. <laughs> so before we get into our cabinet meeting, guys, because these are some of the guys that I've we've all talked about over the course of this preseason for us, you know, gearing up for week one next week. Uh yeah, Natty Light, Fratty Light Marco. It's not college days anymore, brother. <laughs> um these are some of the guys that I've kind of hung my hat on or just distance myself from, I'm going to go unbiased into this and let my guys tell me what to do in my home league drafts as everyone's leading up to their home league drafts. But along with our home league drafts, I was invited to a, you know, I was kind of knocked off my feet on this. It's pros with Joe's man. I, I want to tell you guys about this really cool charity event that I got involved with pros with Joe's. It gives everyday players the opportunity to co-manage a team with their favorite fantasy analysts uh, and for some reason, including this guy, uh, in a league with more than 50 of the brightest fantasy minds in the industry. Best of all, it's for a great cause with proceeds going to a, a ton of great charities. Head to proswithjoes.com to get registered and have a chance to co-manage a team with me or guys like Adam Rank, Dr. Roto, uh, Jay Sonnenberg, a.k.a. Podbader, Matt Harmon, Michael Florio, and Scott Fish. Uh, so capitalize on this right now and join us in one of the biggest names in the industry, Fantasy Football Leagues. Uh, going into that, though, let's talk about our home leagues now, guys, because I know, Billy, you just had one, and some of the guys that have been listening to this have been sniping your guys. Tom, you were talking about your building's about to have one, and Dan, I know you've probably got three or four coming up here pretty soon in your home leagues. Um, So these are some of the guys that, like I mentioned earlier, I like 
or I don't like, but I see a shift in the ADP coming up. And also in our personal rankings where maybe I'm off on these and I want your guys' take. I want you guys to tell me what to do because you guys are the experts and I'm pretty fresh. So guys, let's start off with a guy that everybody I know, everybody knows that like Dan, I drafted him in our dynasty league. Uh, my name, my name for that league is show me the Murray. Uh, everyone knows about the sec half business with Kyler Murray. So Kyler Murray is my QB three. Billy and Tom are pretty close with me right now. Dan, you're a little bit out of the way, but you know, maybe I'm at, the ceiling for him thinking, you know, he's about to ascend in his second year. They added to their O-line. They added one of the arguably the best weapons that they could add for him. And they've got Kenyon Drake, obviously in a walking boot right now. Uh, but he's consistent because he came out with that tweet that he was in it last year. It's fine. So I want to kick it off with Billy. Tell me why Tyler Murray is QB4 for you. And why should I be paying that high draft capital for him? Well, it starts for me, you know, the just the progression last year from the start of the year to the end of the year. He was playing a lot better football. Uh, also, the, the addition of New Hopkins. I mean, that gives you a real legitimate target that he really was lacking last year. They, they, they had a lot of production in the run game, but not really a go-to wide receiver that, that a young quarterback can rely on, you know, third and eight, just throw to the guy. You know, that, that he has that guy now. So I look for that to kind of keep Kyler in the pocket a little bit more and actually go through progressions, I think he'll play a lot better quarterback. And with the rushing upside, uh, you, you know, you can't go wrong with a guy that's going to have three, 400 rushing yards, maybe four or five rushing touchdowns. So um, for me, the rushing upside puts him ahead of guys like Carson Wentz. And, and uh, let's see where I got uh, these guys are in my rankings here. Uh, got him right, right ahead of Dak. Uh, I don't see Dak running quite as much. Russell Wilson at six. And right behind Deshaun Watson, who I think is going to just have a monster year in Houston. But uh, for me, Kyler, I, I like what I see. I like the weapons around him, and uh, I think I think progression will put him right up there in the top five neighborhood. I mean, I don't disagree with any of those points. They're really valid. The one thing I can say, though, maybe Tom could enlighten me on this, too. At the beginning of the year, Kyler was on fire, man. They opened it up with that offense, and in the second half of the season, he just wasn't flashing as much. You have him ranked as your quarterback three in line with me right now. Um, you stand by that, I suppose. I do. I mean, I think that, you know, most quarterbacks uh, that are top tier talents, you go into your second year, you're able to develop a little bit, feel a bit more comfortable. Uh, obviously, this has been a weird off season, So uh, curious to see what that's going to do to some of these, uh, you know, sophomore quarterbacks. But I, I have faith in Kyler, you know, succeeding. I mean, obviously, you look at the team around him. Like we said, you had DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, you still have Larry Fitzgerald, who's one of the, I mean, probably the most sure-handed receiver in the NFL. If I remember correctly, he has more tackles than he has dropped passes. Uh, so one of the craziest stats I've ever seen. So, I mean, and then you throw in a guy like Christian Kirk. You still have Andy and Isabella. They have a pretty deep wide receiver group. Um, so that's going to aid you obviously Kenyon Drake um decent receiving back to help him out out of the backfield as well maybe not quite as good as David Johnson but can still do it uh when needed but to me the biggest ad was the o-line i mean Kyler was i believe the most sacked uh, or maybe tied for most sacked quarterback last year um i know he was up there on that list but uh i mean adding in anything to that o-line helping to decrease pressure on him along with his mobility, is going to help give him more time to find those stud receivers and have a big season. 
as well as second year head coach, you know, he's going to feel more comfortable calling plays. You'd think uh, be, be able to air it out a bit more. Yeah. 50 shades of cliff right there is going to probably attach on to Kyler and they're probably going to find a connection, but he finished at QB seven last year. He averaged 18.6 points. He had, a, for some reason, a bad second half of the season. And I find myself really liking the guy, but I don't have a lot of exposure to him. I'm drafting him as ceiling at QB3, but Dan's got him at QB6 where maybe I would like him more. Uh, Dan, give me the reason why I'm, I guess, I am fading Kyler Murray opposed to some of these other quarterbacks, if that makes sense, I guess. Well, I mean, yeah, we're, we're talking about the difference between three and six. There's not a huge Splitting difference. Hairs. Yeah, we're splitting hairs. Just to but be I clear. I my home league, so. No, understandable. Look, with Kyler Murray, the reason I have him at six is because he doesn't have 30-plus touchdown potential, uh, I believe. And that's kind of the difference between him and the other top five guys that I have on my list. That winds up being the big factor. I mean, to Billy's point about the rushing, yeah, I got him rushing for almost 600 yards and five touchdowns. But you brought up Dak. Dak has rushed for four to six touchdowns every single year he's been in the NFL. Now, he doesn't go for as many yards, but he still gets those rushing touchdowns. And he has the potential to go for 4,800 to possibly even 5,000 yards this year. He came pretty close last year, and that was without C.D. Lamb. I, Kyler Murray doesn't have those kind of ceiling numbers when it comes to the passing game. I question a lot about Cleves Kingsbury. I question that offensive line too, Tom. I mean, a, a lot of the problems Arizona has most that offensive line is staying healthy uh, throughout the last few years. I don't trust D.J. Humphreys to play more than six games this season. And as soon as they lose him, that's usually when the sacks start rolling in. Um, the reason why Kyler Murray didn't do as well in the second half of the season is because teams caught up. Uh, they were throwing the ball less. That was first and foremost. But teams also caught up. They kind of realized, like, you know what? If I pressure this guy up the middle, he can't see over the line of scrimmage. And that's been his biggest issue in the red zone. That's been why they weren't a very good red zone team. I don't know if that changes that much because of DeAndre Hopkins. Now, because of the rushing, because this should be a fast-paced offense, they should have a lot, a lot of volume, uh, he's going to have a high floor. And, you know, if things are clicking correctly, then great. But you have DeAndre Hopkins already had a hamstring issue. They've had little to no practice together. This is a team that spreads the ball around quite a bit. I just don't see Kyler Murray having the same ceiling as some of these other guys. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, that makes total sense. Um, was it also true, Dan? I mean, I heard this. Maybe it was rumored. Cliff Kingsbury dialed down that offense at the end of the season as well, or is that just not so true? Well, they tried to get they tried to get more physical. They tried to get better right. in the red zone. A big part okay. of that was, was was the running game and moving two tight ends. That's not using four wide receivers and trying to spread the ball out quite as much. But I mean, we're gonna get we're gonna talk about it a little bit later. I don't want to talk about Kingsbury too much because I'm gonna talk about it a little bit later when we talk about a uh, nuke. But um, yeah, I mean that that's why. Okay, that makes total sense. Point, guys, in our academy first round goes to Dan Mater, and I'm changing Kyler Murray's ranking. I'm sorry, Kyler. You know I love you, but Dan makes valid points. And in my own ranking, or my own fancy football life, I just don't have a lot of exposure to him, and I'm wondering why. Let's move on to a guy that's a Hard Knocks favorite, guys. He's been on there twice now. Uh, looks like the notebook, you know, uh, Ryan Gosling, also from Remember the Titans. He can't cover the guys too fast, Gary. So I've got him ranked at quarterback 16. I really like what they're doing right there. I love Sean McVay. Everyone knows I like Sean McVay. Dan, let's keep it rolling with you, man. you got him at QB 17 right now. A lot of the other guys have Men- mentioned who we're talking about, Chris, because you haven't mentioned who we're talking about yet. Jared Goff, the notebook, man. <laughs> if you didn't already know from all that, I mean... <laughs> I- I- 
look, I've that's honestly the first time I've heard Jared Goff and Ryan Gosling. I don't, I mean, I, maybe I just don't pay attention look, to that I'll kind of stuff on that side of it. After the show, Ryan Gosling on one side, Jared Goff on the other, you're gonna be like, damn, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't watch the Notebook. I did see Remember the Titans, but I didn't watch the Notebook either. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. But great um, film, yeah. great film. You know, just check it out. Try on Netflix. I'll I'll pass. I'm all right. Back to football. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, golf is my QB seventeen, and I mean that that could easily be low. Here's the thing about some of the quarterbacks that I have in that I don't. I want to say thirteen to nineteen range is that they're all separated by like two touchdowns. That's it. So two touchdowns could be the difference between golf finishing QB 17 and QB 13, frankly, when it comes to my projection. So it's a little bit right there. So I'm not as low on him as maybe the ranking would suggest. This is a good offense. Sean McVay's a good play caller. They're going to rebound. That was probably as bad as you could have seen the Rams offense play last year. But he doesn't have that extra ceiling that maybe he did in years past. Because if you get rid of Brandon Cooks, you don't have... You don't have that big play capability that you did before. It's going to be very, very dependent on intermediate. It's going to be very dependent on guys breaking big plays. You don't have a lot of game breakers. I love Cooper Cup. I love Robert Woods. But these aren't big game breakers here, even if you get the, t- uh, the tight ends involved. So I just think there's a ceiling to the explosiveness of this offense. But I think he's a guy who's proven that if things are right with the offensive line, and that's my big question. I don't know that they will be, but if things are okay enough with the offensive line, he can execute this offense. That's why I got him about 4,400 yards and about 27 touchdowns, but he also doesn't offer anything in the rushing game. is why he wants to fall into QB 17 for me. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That was really weird. I guess they didn't add anything to the offensive line. They just kind of left it stagnant and see if they can. So I have a lot of questions about a lot of things going on. They're not named Cooper cup and Robert Woods, frankly. And it's really weird that you get rid of Todd Gurley and you get rid of, uh, Brandy Cooks, and then you add in Cam Akers and you add in Van Jefferson. I mean, we don't know what these guys are like on the NFL field, but to me, it's a, somewhat of a downgrade, right? At least. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's fair. Uh, Billy, you know, me and Dan are, I guess, a little bit higher than you on Jared Goff. You got him at quarterback 21 outside of your top 20. Um, so that's almost streaming option, right? Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Yeah, and, uh, you know, right there with, like, Minshew, Sam Darnold, these are all guys that are very, very close for me. I guess my reservation with Goff kind of goes to your point. Uh, you know, Cam Akers, not Todd Gurley. We saw what the offense did when Todd Gurley wasn't right and wasn't healthy. You know, they really struggled. This offense is really based on play-action pass, taking shots. And guess what? We lost a deep shot in Brandon Cooks. And, and I just – the offense for me is going backwards as far as talent. Even though Goff, he's had back-to-back 4,600-yard seasons, 32 touchdowns the year before last, 22 last year. And, you know, Gurley's still got plenty of, you know, 12 touchdowns himself. So I just feel like they really need that running game to hit for Goff to really reach potential. And without Akers, uh, you know, having a lot of practice, is he that guy? Malcolm Brown, is he's been fine, but just fine. And I'm not sure that that's going to lift the game. And Daryl Henderson's already hurt. So uh, I guess for me, if they if the run game gets going, they have probably one of the oldest left tackles in, in the league as well. So 
uh, if the if the line's not playing better, you know, Andrew Whitworth is is you know up there. Injuries a concern for me. Just scares me a little bit investing in golf, uh, where I'd like some of these other guys to have a little bit better years than they had previously. Andrew Whitworth from Hard Knocks, a family man, so we got to like him a little bit, right, Billy? Oh, but, yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we, we never really thought Daryl – at least I never thought Daryl Henry was going to be the guy. Cam yeah. Akers is always the guy for me, right? So yeah. is this guy improve Jared Goff or not really, Tom? According to you, not so much, right? I'd say Cam Akers is somebody that, given it two years – Sure, he okay. could be a great running back. I mean, I, I think talent-wise, he has the the strictly ability to do it, but he has to develop into it. I mean, he's a rookie going into the season again. Like you said, doesn't really have any time to practice. So, could he have a big year? Sure. Will he? I'm not confident in it. And Billy nailed it. Without the run game, this offense has shown that it really does struggle a little bit. I mean, Jared Goff's not a bad quarterback, but from what I've seen, at least, he's not great at making multiple reads on a play and I mean it's if you're going to struggle to do that without a run game you're not going to have a great season I mean this is a team that golf I think could be a streaming option depending on the week against weaker defenses by all means but I mean and I don't want to get too far into Cooper Cup that's the guys that I'm confident in because they're just going to get a million targets from him because they got rid of Woods so it's going to be the the Cooper Cup sure. show and the um uh Blank out his name. Yeah. I mean, Van Jefferson might get some touches, and obviously you have the two tight ends, but you know, we've talked about before, they don't use two tight end sets very often there. So you're going to split touches between the two of them probably a bit. I just don't see golf being a realistic, even a solid quarterback, too, in drafts. Maybe late in the season he could change my mind, but right now I'm not picking him up. Dan, one more time to bring me to the light side on Jared Goff because I I really like the guy. Finished at quarterback 13 last year. So all these names that we are naming right now, I mean, we forgot Josh Reynolds, who also excelled last year given the chance. Jared Goff has weapons, and he's got a great play caller. He's going to finish inside the top 20, right? Yeah, uh, he's in a streaming option for sure. Like like you said, it was probably one of the worst years they had other than the Jeff Fisher year, and he still finishes QB 13. I mean, it, that's kind of what it boils down to for me is that they'll find a way. It's just not going to be pretty all the time. That's all. But that's why, he, that's why he can't draft him to be your guy, but he's definitely a streaming option without a doubt because you do have a lot of weapons there. And for the record, I mean, I – Darrell Henderson may or may not miss week one. We'll see. I believe in that guy's talent. I compared him a lot to Devontae Freeman when he was coming out of college. I, I haven't moved off of that. So I'm I'm bigger on Henderson than I think most are. Yeah, I've heard that before for sure. Yeah. Uh, Joshua, thank you because you're a big proponent of Henderson as well. And they just didn't utilize him last year for some reason. So maybe they're trying to keep him fresh or whatnot. But point goes to Dan. Dan leads 2-0 to everybody. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. We're going to move on to a guy from Blend Junior College who won a JUCO championship, moved on and won, <laughs> moved on and won in the national spotlight. Cam Newton. Dan has him ranked at number 12. I've got him around 15. Billy's got him at the same. This guy's got weapons in a Bill Belichick offense. Y'all have heard my rant on this guy. Dan is extremely high on him, so we're going to save Dan for a little bit. Tom, tell me why you got him so low right now. 
And this dude is about to just run over the AFC. So for the record, I'm at QB 30. I'm just going to get that out of the way. I mean, <laughs> I mean, hey, here, here's the thing. He's not finishing the season as the starter. I'm sorry. He's not. He won't. And it, there's multiple reasons for that. Number one, if he does go and, as you said, run over the AFC East, he's going to get hurt. I mean, watching him for years in Carolina, I mean, yeah, rushing for 1,500 yards, Marco, whatever Marco has down there, I need some of it because he's <laughs> on it. Um, no, I mean, Cam is an average quarterback since his MVP season. We talked about, I think it was last week or the week before, he's had double-digit interceptions all years except for one, and that was last year. He only had, He only played, what, two games? So, I mean – this is a guy that's going to turn the ball over a, a pretty solid amount as a very high likelihood of getting hurt. I don't fully, you know, trust him grasping this bill Belichick offense. Um, not that he's not an intelligent quarterback. I just don't see him getting the full gist of it. And I'd say that by halfway through the season, you're looking at Jarrett Stidham as, as the guy. That's fair. I, I think he's going to make it to the Super Bowl. Stim's going to come in Tom Brady-esque, obviously. You know, I'm having my random digress right now. Billy, you've got him at quarterback 15, so you've got him. Marco, I don't know if he's in the perfect system, but he's in a pretty good one. But, Billy, you got him at quarterback 15. The dude's got some juice, man. I mean. Yeah, Cam, yeah. I would have probably a lot higher. I've got him kind of in the range with uh... – uh, ben Roethlisberger, Daniel Jones just ahead of him, uh, just behind Aaron Rodgers there. So, you know, guys that, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers would be a little bit higher, but I think the offense kind of changed with that. But Cam, for me, in New England is a really good spot for him to land. And and like I, I said to, uh, you know, the other night we talked about him, his completion percentage was a career high by a long shot the last time we really saw him on the field in a significant time. I think Cam really put some time into making more reads, not staring down receivers, and, and really playing quarterback, you know, after that Super Bowl year when things kind of were rough for a few years, his completion percentage was kind of the reason that they pointed to uh, for lack of success. I mean, the turnovers are there, but Cam takes chances because Cam can take chances that not everybody can get. He can put balls in holes that that not everybody's going to throw. So as far as that goes, I'll take some turnovers for some of the big plays that he'll make. Uh, But the reason Cam's not even higher for me is just the weapons around him. Not really impressed by anybody. None of those guys really scare me. Nikhil Harry's a question mark still. Muhammad Sanu is kind of – Ah, so-so, and, uh, you know, a lot of running backs. So a lot of dump-off passes, I think that kind of limits the ceiling, but really high on Cam, and I think we're going to see something out of him this year that we haven't seen in a while. Chip on his shoulder. Cam with a chip on his shoulder, I'll take him. Can I add one more quick thing? Yeah, I'm about to call on you, Tom. So you brought up after that Super Bowl year, his his passing uh, completion percentage went up, which is absolutely right. But I think a big part of that was the receivers that he got after the Super Bowl. Because you did get into the DJ Moore era. You did get you know these younger receivers that they have that are much better. I mean, if you look at that 2015 roster, yeah, you did have Greg Olson, who was incredible, 1,100 yards that season, seven touchdowns. Beyond that, you had Ted Ginn Jr., who went for just over 700 yards and 10 touchdowns, uh, and then Corey Brown with about 450 yards. It wasn't an impressive receiving core that he had. So yeah, if you're going to add talent, his you know his uh, completion percentage is probably going to go up. 
And uh, no, I don't plan on moving him up my rankings. If you're only going to play half a season, you can't you can't be higher on the rankings, man. Joshua, man, always banter with you, dude, too much. Dan, bring it home. I'm right there at the 300-yard line, man. Cam, come on, right? Like, he's going to do it. He's about to light it up, right? Uh, for the record, I have him as QB 12. That's with him only playing 12 games. I don't have him playing 16 games, and yeah, I still have him finishing as QB 12. The, difference is, the difference is that Belichick doesn't have an offense. Josh McDaniels doesn't have an offense. They have an offense for each one of their quarterbacks. When Brady goes down, they had a different offense for Jimmy Garoppolo. When Jimmy Garoppolo went down, they had a different offense for Jacoby Brissett. There's no set offense here. It's a totally adaptable system. And with that, they're going to have Cam run. That's what they want to do. They're going to play. They're going to play defense. They're going to be physical. This isn't going to be the Tom Brady, you know, throw it forty times a game. That's not what they're going to do. So as long as they have that adaptable system that will continue, you're going to see Cam in a lot of RPOs. You're going to see him using his athletic ability. And what's best, they don't have a financial commitment to him. So who cares if you run his ass into the ground? It doesn't matter. Which only opens up the door for his fantasy, uh, his fantasy values, fantasy ceiling. This is a guy who's been a lot is a lot more accurate underneath now than what he used to be. I don't know how many chances he's going to take. One, you're with the Patriots. They don't like when you take chances too often. But two, I don't know if he has the arm strength anymore to take that many chances, which I think will only bode well with the weapons that he has with this team to just, hey, you know what? Don't turn over the ball. Use your athletic ability. Focus on moving the chains. Keep the game simple. If you keep the game simple for Cam Newton, he could be Superman. I like his chances. That's why I have a QB 12. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks to take late, and I just don't see any downside with him because he's no risk. You're drafting him for free, so even if you take him later on, who cares if you have to pick up another quarterback and stream him? It doesn't matter. You didn't pay anything for him in the first place. So, I mean, that's fair for four games until he gets hurt. I think it'll last a little bit longer than that, but I mean, I don't, I don't discount what you're saying. It's definitely a possibility. Tom, I'm really sorry about this, and I really hate you, but Dan and Billy get the point on this. I'm sorry. Billy's on the board on them, boys. Over the weekend, obviously, had a lot of stuff to do. I didn't see the chat. I read, I caught up on the chat. Ryan couldn't join us tonight, and it was a really wild debate. Teddy Bridgewater, man, I'm really low on this guy, but Dan brings up a lot of good points. I mean, and maybe points that I didn't read all the way through, but you got DJ Moore, who a lot of people have in their top 12. You got CMC, the number one running back in the game. I mean, the dude is like Terminator, you know? Like, he can do whatever you want to do. You guys just put Kyle Allen last year. I mean, come on. Kyle Allen hooked this dude up. Teddy Bridgewater is better than Kyle Allen. Dan's got him high on his rank. He's got him mid in his rank. He's ranked 14. So still serviceable um, as your you know one quarterback. Dan, give me the, all the reasons why I need to bring this guy out of number twenty nine, and I'm looking at this guy now, right? Because the weapons. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over fifty years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things: customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. 
Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Yeah, I'm. well, let's start with the coaching staff. Matt Rule, Joe Brady, these are guys who have histories of having productive air assaults. And not just, not air raid like Hibs Kingsbury, not trying to throw it vertical, but using that West Coast modified style of system now where it's timing, it's spreading the ball out, it's creating mismatches. When you add in the fact that you brought in Robbie Anderson, you have DJ Moore, you have Curtis Samuel, you have Ian Thomas, you have Christian McCaffrey, he's got one-on-one reads all over the field. All he has done for the past few years, what, sit behind Drew Brees, learn how to read defenses, already is familiar with the terminology of this offensive system with Joe Brady coming from the Sean Payton tree on top of it. Look, this guy's going to fall in the 4,000 yards. I don't have him typically high. 4,000 yards, 22 touchdowns. The key is, is that... People write him off as not being this rusher type, and this isn't a guy who's going to look to run all over the place, but 300 yards, three touchdowns with his athletic ability, I think is a pretty safe estimate given what this offense is going to do, and it's going to be a pretty well-balanced offense at that in a new generation offense. I have faith in that coaching staff. I like what they're going to do for Teddy Bridgewater. I think things are going to be really, really simple and easy for him, and that's why I love him as one of my top-end streaming guys. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've talked about that division being one of the highest-scoring divisions in if not the right, I didn't, I didn't even mention their defense is going to suck. So they're going to yeah, have to you know, exactly. yeah. they keekly, like they're going to have to throw the ball, right? They're going to have to do something. But Billy, you were on kind of on the same terms as I when you you had him at quarterback twenty seven um, before Dan's great points and everything like that. And I thought about CMC and everything like that. Obviously, he's the one dot one. Why do we have him so low right now? And why are you just not touching him? I'm just not that impressed with the Carolina weapons. I mean, DJ Moore, of course, you know, he's a great talent. Curtis Samuels really underwhelmed me before, and I've never been a Robbie Anderson guy. And this this offense is is very, very much focused on Christian McCaffrey. And just the instance in, uh, of him getting injured after all the usage last year seems like a high probability to me. So I'm just kind of out on all the Panthers in general. I think Teddy could do fine, but I guess I've really yet to see Teddy really let it loose. And, uh, you know, a lot of these guys aren't guys that are catching short passes. I guess DJ Moore – you know, runs a lot of underneath stuff. But the rest of those guys are guys that you want to try to get deep. And uh, I just don't see that offense doing a lot of that. So for me, uh, with the possibility of McCaffrey, the catalyst not being around uh, with the usage rate from last year, kind of caution for me. So uh, waiting to see it, to believe it, with Teddy in Carolina. Tom, I mean, can you add anything to that? Because those are really great points. And, you know, my heart's just not hung on Teddy. I mean, I'll tell you this. Number one, I need to update my rankings. I, I think uh, you know he's going to end up in that fifteen to eighteen range as as a low end. Really, I'm I'm a lot closer with Dan. Okay. okay. Um, I mean, we we well, had a pretty in depth. What's that? What changed your mind? So it wasn't so much change my mind as just kind of thinking through it more and and realizing what he has in Carolina. So, I mean, we had a lot of discussion about this uh, this week with Ryan in the chat. Dan, you and I both have bets going with him. Uh, I believe it's if he finishes at over QB 21, uh, we win. If he's under quarterback 21, Ryan wins. I think we're in that bet 100%. I don't think yeah, there's a chance he finishes under QB 21. 
Um, I mean, you know, there's guys that were watching, um, the, you know, Panthers practices right now, and they're saying he's making throws as good or better than any quarterback that, you know, Carolina's had, which Carolina's not been known for great quarterback play, but DeLome actually wasn't too bad if you actually sat down and watched him. Uh, Cam Newton, again, had some good years, but uh, I think he's kind of dropped off a bit since then. So when it comes down to Teddy, though, you look at his history, I mean, he didn't have a chance to really sling it in Minnesota. That was a run-heavy offense. They ran 50 – or excuse me, um, they passed 51% of the time. How many offenses do you know that run the ball near 50% of the time? I mean, how are you supposed to show you know what you can do as a quarterback in that style of offense? Along with the fact that even his second season, you really only had a rookie, Stephon Diggs, and that was it. So – uh, you know, coming into Carolina, you have better receivers. You have uh, an O line that's actually not terrible. They're definitely not great, but uh, I think that they have upgraded a little bit since last year. They're getting a little bit better. Um, and he is, again, like Dan said, mobile enough. He's not going to be Michael Vick run downfield, but he can move around in the pocket as needed, get away from pressure, and get rid of the ball. Um, and he'll get downfield a little bit here and there. I think three, four hundred rushing yards. Uh, yeah, definitely realistic for him. He's going to be in that kind of Gardner Minshew. Uh, Kyler Murray kind of range that, you know, a couple hundred yards rushing. Um, and then as far as the deep ball goes, if you actually go back and look at his film, he throws a good deep ball. He doesn't have a cannon, but he's pretty accurate when he does it and throws a very catchable ball for his guys. So um, I think he's pushing 4,000 passing yards, uh, over 20 passing touchdowns. And honestly, I see him, you know, his completion percentage is going to be you know fairly high, probably pushing almost 70%. So he's going to keep the turnovers fairly low probably sub 10 interceptions if I had to guess. You know, to Dan's point and your point, Tom, I mean, he sat behind Drew Brees, one of the greatest in the game. I mean, you know, point to Tom, point to Dan. Tom finally on the board, tied with Billy. We're going to get out of our quarterbacks right now. Who starts in Washington? We'll talk about that maybe at the end of the stream, Tom uh, Scott. Let's move on to tight ends and a guy that I've been huge on. And maybe I just need to take the blinders off of it because I got a lot of exposure to him and maybe I don't want it in my home league. I'm extremely high on this guy, the highest out of all of us. I'm not even going to tell you how high I am, but I'm talking about the WWE 24-7 champion, Robert Gronkowski, son. Tom, you have him pretty low and so do you, Billy. Billy, you got him the lowest right now. So I want to start with you, Billy. Why are you fading Rob Gronkowski? You got him in your tight end 17. And that is just like wild to me. But maybe you, you know, convince me. Now, did you see Gronk the last year, year and a half, him playing? The guy was a robot out there. I mean, the guy could not move. Yeah, he took a year off. He's a little bit more healthy. He's lost a little bit of weight. But you know, those injuries mount up. We're talking back injuries, big things with this guy. So uh, that's what scares me with Gronk. And he's also not going to be tight end one. And if you look at anything you've heard about O.J. Howard, he's having a great camp. So Gronk, I feel like, was kind of brought in to be the the trusted guy, another red zone threat. I don't see him playing the snaps and and getting the, the share of the targets as we would expect for a guy like Gronk. So for me, it's He's a guy they're going to play situationally. They're going to keep him healthy. They want him there to come playoff time. So I don't see him having a bunch of usage uh, throughout the course of the season uh, other than, you know, big situations. So O.J. Howard is a breakout guy for me there. I I really think O.J. Howard will be the tight end and will benefit from Gronk's presence 
more than Gronk necessarily. So that's my take. That's fair. I mean, that wasn't very convincing to me, at least. Maybe, Tom, you can add to that for Billy. So I don't know if you guys ever have uh, really taken a look at this, but sportsinjurypredictor.com. You guys oh, ever no. look at that? Look, Bronco, not CBD oil, guys. So I'm not going to say that it's you know going to be the most accurate. I mean, they list him as a 99% injury chance this year. I don't know about all that, but what it does show for Gronkowski is the absolute insane number of injuries that this guy has had. I mean, you think about this is a guy who his arm has been broken twice, and I'm pretty sure he's still got some metal in there. I mean, he literally wears like a, a full metal jacket around his, his uh, arm. Uh, I mean, he's had multiple herniated discs, multiple uh, – or not multiple, but he had uh, fractured vertebrae. Uh, his knee has been destroyed. He had, what, ACL, MCL, I think, um, you know, multiple concussions. I mean, the likelihood of this guy getting injured are pretty significant. So that in itself, you're going to probably miss some games this year with something. You go on beyond that, you do have you know, competition at tight end. You have younger guys that I think are a little bit faster probably at this point. Uh, you know, It's going to be tough for him, I think, personally, between the 20s to really get a lot of uh, time and touches. I think he's going to be a red zone threat that really just relies on touchdowns. He's not going to have big yards. It's it's a 400-yard season for him. But he, you know, high end could have six, seven, eight touchdowns probably. Um, and the but, tight end, yeah. that's really all you need, right? I mean, it's pretty barren out there. Uh, Dan, I think I'm, tight end's a lot deeper this year than that. That's fair. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Uh, Dan, you got him ranked inside your top ten at number ten. Uh, I really like that because I'm a Gronk guy, man. You know I am. I, so, I mean, in a barren landscape, like I mentioned, right, Tom mentioned he could probably get five or six touchdowns. That's very serviceable, right, as taking a guy. I mean, his ADP is pretty in the, in the mediocre range. I mean, there's some guys that are pretty good lower than, like, Hayden Hurst. But how do you feel about all this? Yeah, I mean, look, when it comes to Rob Gronkowski, let's look at him as 2018, the last time he played. Still finishes tight end nine. He, despite all those injuries, despite how he looked, he still finishes tight end nine come 2018. Uh the first thing out of camp, Brady and Gronk have chemistry. That was the very first thing they're talking about. Second thing, snaps, don't care. Mark Andrews was third in his team in snaps. He let, was, what, top three tight end last season, top two? So it doesn't really matter as long as you're getting utilized in the situations that matters for fantasy purposes. He's going to play between the 20s. It's going to be in certain situations. So it's going to be passing downs, third and longs. It's going to be two-minute drills. And then, yes, he'll be in the red zone. I have him for about six touchdowns. I have him for about 634 yards. That's going to be enough to crack the top 10. That, that's all it really takes a tight end position. Is tight end deeper this year? Yeah, it is. But once you get outside the top six, it's still pretty much a crapshoot. So... If Gronk's going to be in line, and we all recognize that he has eight, maybe even double-digit touchdown potential because of his relationship with Brady, because of the way that offense. Why would you even say that, Dan? <laughs> what? Why would you? You know I'm a fanboy. Why would you even say that? <laughs> <laughs> if you know all that, then there's a ceiling there, along with I think a pretty reasonable floor to kind of go with it. Um, and, and that, that's kind of why I still have Gronkowski as the top 10 tight end. He doesn't need to play a lot. Uh, it does, I don't need him to play every down in order for him to be able to give me what I need them to do uh, fan, fantasy-wise. And then you want to add on this, with Evans, with Godwin, 
Um, you know, the one thing that was going on with Rob Gronkowski was in the Patriots is that he was a focal point of the defense. Who's paying attention to Rob Gronkowski on that offense right now? Nobody. So you're going you're gonna to give him a safety? You're going to give him a linebacker? I'm still willing to bet he was able, he's able to beat them. WWE, you got to be in shape to play WWE. It's still a pretty physical sport within itself. So You're pulling my heartstrings right now, Dan. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, this whole, like, he's not in shape. He's already back up to 250. This whole, like, he's not taking contact. I, I, I don't buy it. I, I don't see it. He looks healthier than he's ever been. I think he's going to be good to go for the role that they need him to be. That's fair. For the record, I know this point's going to Dan because of Chris's reaction. I'm going under protest for this point. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you. This point is under protest. <laughs> when Gronk has 36 catches and 302 yards and six touchdowns, we'll talk again. Yeah. Funny thing is, guys, point did not go to Dan. Point went oh. to Billy and Tom. Yes. Dan pulled at my heartstrings, and I was like, you know what? It's He's only doing that because Tom pulled him out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only reason. Protest. Successful. It's- <laughs> it was, it was, okay, the filibuster protest. That's what won it. Yeah. Tom, Billy, point to you guys. What I really wish Brian give his piece on Rob on Mike Gusecki. I mean, he's the only one really that had him inside of his top five. Um, I've got him outside. I because Ryan has convinced me because I've known the guy forever, and I'm like, okay, Ryan's probably right about this. Maybe not though, Dan. Kick us off on Mike Gusecki because you got him at tight end 18 and at a deep, deep, well, not deep, but like we mentioned, tight end has been deeper this year because of all the additions and things like that. You got him at tight end 18. He finished at tight end 11 last year. You know, why do you have him so low and why do I just need to fade Mike Gusecki in that Miami offense? Because he wasn't a factor until Preston Williams got hurt. And from all indications are, Preston Williams, not only is he back, but he's looking great. He's going to be there for week one. Chan Gailey doesn't amplify the tight end whatsoever. And here's another factor for you. I think this is a big one. That's why I'm a little shaky about really all the Dolphins pass catchers to some degree. When Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starter for the second season, he sucks. All right, there is no Ryan magic when he actually has to, when teams are actually prepared for him to be the starter going into an offseason. When he comes in, he can catch a streaky, he can get his little Ryan Fitzpatrick magic going on. He doesn't do it the second season. So they might be terrible for the first few weeks. You bring into a tackle of Oa, he's going to be looking at Devontae Parker, he's going to be looking at Preston Williams. It's going to be a while before you work your way down to Mike Kosicki. On top of all that, not only did it take Preston Williams getting hurt, but it also took a completely incompetent NFL running game that they had last year with what, Miles Gaskin and Patrick. Patrick Lard and and who's the other bum? Kalen Bond. Yeah, this year bringing Jordan Howard, bringing Matt Breida, they're actually going to be able to call run plays and have some success on top of it. I don't see it. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't see it. And here's the other thing: we get to Mike Kosicki specifically. Is that for a guy who has all this athletic ability, he sucks at getting separation. Absolutely sucks. He also sucks after the catch. So that's why I'm not a big Mike Kosicki fan whatsoever. That's fair. Billy, I don't know if you could even help that because Dan laid out a lot of good points, and I've got him pretty high. I've got him in my top ten. Tom, you've got Gasecki in your top ten, number ten overall. Um, is he going to do it? I mean, I think that I think me having him at ten is more of a want and a hope, based on you know, number one. I think we've all listened to Ryan at this point tell us that he wants to get on his knees for Mike Gusecki, I think. Um, 
but I mean, beyond that, I'm a Penn State guy. He's a Penn State guy. You, you always kind of root for your guys like that. But and then obviously he has the physical ability, or theoretically does. He is fast. He ha- you know he can move. But when it comes down to it, Dan, like he said, he doesn't get the best separation. So, um, I mean, yeah, I'd like to have him at ten. Realistically, does he probably end up probably closer to fifteen or so? Probably. Um, I think that. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. You know, when Tua does come out, I don't know that uh, he'll be focused on as much on the receivers. I think it depends on how they kind of structure up the offense, and um, <laughs> I think it's going to depend that's on true, how. Marco, start. by the way, that's very true. I live in the area. That's very, very, very true. <laughs> it is. It is. Sadly, I think um, we can cut this off right now. And Dan, yeah. Tom, Billy, y'all all get the point. Ryan, you're not even on screen with us. You get negative one point for Gusecki. We're going to move it on. We're at 46 minutes, guys. We're going to keep it going with Jared Cook of the New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees, he finished at tight end seven last year, 10 points averaging a game. I mean, I've got him inside of my top nine, number eight overall. Tom, you got him number seven. So me and you are pretty in line with this guy. Billy, you've got him at the lowest right now at tight end 18 why are you so low on jared cook i mean he seemed to be good with drew Brees last year right yeah i like jared cook uh, i guess for me it's just a matter of the guys in the same range i like a lot more so it kind of fades him i mean when i look at the list i see him down there and i think ah, you know i should be higher on him but when i'm drafting i'm just finding myself rather uh, adding other guys to my to my roster so uh, I think he could do fine. He is aging, and they got a young guy in camp that they like a little bit too. But uh, the biggest factor for me is Jared Cook kind of played that wide receiver two role that the Saints have been looking for for a long time. So that brings me back to, you know, jumping on the table for Emmanuel Sanders. That's the big thing for me. I think a lot of those targets go to the other side of the field with Emmanuel on the backside and with Michael Thomas. And I think Cook, you know, could get some work, some red zone stuff. He might have a lot of touchdowns. However, I think between the 20s, he did a lot of work last year that he's not going to do this year. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. Tom, I do think that Emmanuel Sanders eats into some of that Jared Cook role. You know, I always give the juice to the Texas guys. Tom, you've got Jared Cook at number seven. Do you think that he keeps on his path that he's going on with Drew Brees? Or like Joshua says, does he have a TV regression and we see him outside of the top 12? Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't think he'll drop outside of the top 12. I think he's a top 10 guy. He could drop down to that kind of number 10 range. But when you really think about that offense, I mean, yeah, okay, you brought in Emmanuel Sanders, but beyond that, it's, offenses are going to focus on Michael Thomas, excuse me, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Damn. I mean, 
Tamas, yeah. Um, but I mean, who else do you really have beyond those guys? So it's going to be Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook. That's going to be a, the guys that aren't getting covered. And Drew Brees is smart. He'll look to read the field and find that those are the guys that open. Um, I mean, Taysom Hill isn't really – he's a gadget guy. You're not going to see him stealing a bunch of uh, touches from him you know, in the passing game or anything. So I, I think that with a full – a full uh, season of, of Drew Brees. I think that uh, Jared Cook kind of just stays right in line with last year about tight end seven. Before Dan even speaks, I'm sorry, Tom. I'm going to have to give the point to Billy and, Tom, uh, Billy and Dan on this. Dan with six leading the pack, Billy with four, Tom with three, and Ryan at negative one, not even on the screen. I'm going to let Dan pick this off with Austin Cooper, a guy who spent, I guess, training camp with Baker Mayfield last time. He spent the training camp with his quarterback. He lit it up with Matt Ryan. Dan, you've got Austin Hooper inside of your top 10 at number eight. He finished last year at tight end number six. We know what his athletic ability is. We know how good he is. Kevin Stefanski's offense runs the rock a lot, but utilizes the tight end, right? So Austin Hooper inside your top inside your top 10. Well, this isn't actually based on what Kevin Stefanski did with the tight end position in Minnesota last year because they, they weren't really actually that involved when you really look at it uh, other than blocking for the, for the running game. The difference is with Baker Mayfield. Throughout both of his years, a high year in his rookie year, a crappy year in his second year, he still targets the tight end in the end zone. That's what it basically boils down to for me. I have him winding up with about seven to eight touchdowns. That's enough to get him to number eight. Cause I don't have him 622 yards. I don't have Austin Hooper going crazy this season, but – they paid him a lot of money. He's going to have to be a focal point. The one thing going for him is that there's not really – I don't care about Rashard Higgins. There's not a third receiver to really worry about on this offense. So he's going to get some added catches and targets that maybe he wouldn't have gotten somewhere else. And plus with Baker being that comfortable with tight ends in the end zone, I do believe there's going to be a little bit more of a focus point on making sure Hooper is at least operating in that area of the field. Yeah, I mean, that's totally fair and – Golly, man. Austin Hooper, like you said, and he's got a lot of accolades going for him. Billy, you got a number 16. Why do I need to fade Austin Hooper? Because me and you are pretty much on the same tier of him. But a lot of my friends in my home leagues, a lot of analysts I've talked to, like Dan as well, have Austin Hooper pretty high. Why don't we? Well, Hooper had a lot of targets. He almost 100 targets last year in Atlanta. And I feel like you know, moving to Cleveland, he's probably going to be looking at about half the work. I mean, the Browns, I know Stefanski's kind of brought in that system, but to Dan's point, the the Vikings really didn't use the tight end that much until they got in the red zone as well. So uh, the Browns have Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, you know, a couple other guys. Uh, Kareem Hunt is going to take a lot of passing work. So for me, Hooper was fourth, maybe fifth option in some scenarios in that option, in that offense. So uh, red zone, I like it. I think there's a touchdown upside, but you know, if we're talking 50, 60 targets, you know, for a guy that was living off almost 100 last year, uh, I guess I'm just not impressed by that. That's very low. And, Tom, you kind of fall in the middle of everything. So how do you feel? I mean, I think that Dan's argument and even Billy's just told me exactly what I think for you know Jared Cook. It's the argument that you don't have a third receiver, but you also have – another tight end that could eat into some of the playing time, you know, theoretically with David and Joku, he should be better than he is. You have multiple running backs in the backfield that can play. It's not just the Alvin Kamara show. It's you have Nick Chubb and you have uh, Kareem Hunt who can really catch out of the backfield. So 
I mean, I, I think that he's still a good tight end. I have him at uh, tight end 12, I believe. Um, yeah, tight end 12. So I, I think that it's going to be big on the touchdowns. I think Billy nailed it. That's where he's going to uh, you know, get his touches. I think that 50 or 60 touches might be a little bit on the low side. Uh, I think you know, a lot of the focus is still on OBJ and Jarvis, uh, even though OBJ is a shell of himself at this point. But, uh, you know, 70 targets, 75 targets. Dan, tell me I'm wrong. Well, so OBJ OBJ is a shell of himself. Right. I'm okay, Dan. Take it over because I'm like, God, OBJ. He's a show of who he was in New York. Tell me I'm wrong. Last year. He's healthy now, baby. He's about to explode all over. Joshua, no. I mean, unless you're saying him with a groin injury is what he is as a player, I I don't know how you can possibly think that he's a shell of himself at what, 26, 25? I mean, this, this this dude's still really, really young. He's healthy to go. Yeah, I I mean, we weren't really supposed to talk about OBJ today, but we'll we'll save that for another time. That's fair. I like your style, Dan. I'm sorry though. I'm gonna have to give the point to Billy on this one to tie. Or well, not even tie, but give him the five. I'm gonna fade Austin Hooper, and that's just me. Dan makes a lot of good points. Yeah, he is an all-world talent, Joshua. I'm just sorry. I'm the judge jury right now, so. We'll move on. Oh, look who we have here. Look who we have here, gentlemen. Oh, he made it. Gentlemen, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> but poor character. He thought you said 9.30, not 8.30. That, that's, that was what the problem was. I forgot the day. I had a day today. How you doing? You, you're you okay, though? Yeah, all is good. Okay. All is good. Good. You already good, lost good, the Mike Kosicki point, just so you know. We moved on. So. Yeah, you're, 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 you're a negative you're, point. You're negative one, sir. Tom has three. You're at negative one. Billy's at five. Dan's at six. Drink that beer. I'm going to call on you first because me and you are in line with this guy. My boy, Nuke, baby. You know, I was so – I shed, like, the, the trail of tears thing right there, right, when Nuke got traded to Arizona – but then I was like, you know what? He's with Kyler. That's okay. I've got him ranked at number five. He finished at wide receiver five, 14.5 point average. He had some bad quarterbacks before Deshaun. Had a good year with Deshaun. Now he's with Kyler. I've got him at five. Ryan, you've got him at five. Billy's got him at five. This guy is going to finish in the top five just because of his talent, right? It's like, it's, it's like hands down, he's going to do it. Put it in the bank, right? More likely than not. I mean, he's got such a high floor as far as uh, fantasy receivers go. I think it's a small downgrade from Deshaun to Kyler, but you're nitpicking there. He went to two good – he had two good quarterback situations. The thing about it is the guy just – even when he had bad quarterbacks, he was good. Kyler has a wide-open offense. I don't think that there's going to be a problem with him getting enough targets. The biggest thing for me is there's just a couple guys that I think their ceiling goes a little bit higher than his but I think his floor is about as safe as everybody else's in that elite tier one range. Um, yeah, I love getting a hold to Hopkins. He does seem to go a little bit earlier. I mean, we have him at five. I've seen people taking him at like wide receiver three, four, which to me is a tiny bit early just because I like an upside of a guy like Tyreek there a little bit better than I like Hop- uh, Hopkins just because of the QB. Um, there's also a decent amount of weapons, and I do think Drake's going to get a bunch of the uh, – goal line stuff, but Hopkins is still like when I see people really low on Hopkins, I don't get it. He's safe as they come. Dan, you're real low on Hopkins, like Brian mentioned, and I'm thinking you're 
you might not be wrong because new receiver and a brand new offense. Kyler Murray is definitely not as good as Deshaun Watson. The O-line is maybe a little bit better, but you got him considerably lower than all of us. Why? Yeah, I mean, I got him at wide receiver 14. So before I get into my whole spiel to clarify here, if he gets one extra touchdown than I have him projected for, he would literally catapult the wide receiver eight for me. That's just, it's just how close, how crowded the wide receiver group is this season where there's a lot of guys hovering around that 1100 to six to seven touchdown range. And that's kind of where I have him. So just to kind of quantify that, like I, would I be surprised if he wound up in the top? No, absolutely not. But okay. where I have him at 1100 yards and six touchdowns is not too far off of what he did last year. Uh, but at the same time, he did it on 150 targets. He's not getting 150 targets yeah. with his offense system. This offense is built on spreading the ball out. I mean, last year Fitzgerald had 109, Kirk had 108. They don't single. They don't single one guy and go to him. Is Hopkins better than those two? Yeah, 100% absolutely. But this is also a team that still struggles in the red zone. This is a team that, like you said, Kyler Murray is not as good as Deshaun Watson. Hopkins is a little bit banged up already. He's getting a little bit older, and some of these nagging injuries have been reoccurring. He hasn't missed many games, but they started compiling up at the end of last year. I don't know if he's going to, I don't know how many years he has left of playing 16 full games. Like it's starting to pile up the way that Julio started to pile up over the past couple of years. And I'm a little bit concerned about that as well. Um, but my big thing, we were talking about Cliff Kingsbury, I wanted to hold off until now. I don't know what Kingsbury is going to do. I don't. I don't know if he's going to go more two tight end sets or he's going to try to spread out and go four wide. And depending on what he does, I don't, and I don't trust him to find the correct balance between the two, frankly. I, I was not impressed with him as a play caller last season. So if he's going to go heavy run, well, I actually think that could help out Hopkins more because that'll focus on him as one of those two receivers out there and get him more targets. I'm worried about he's going to go four wide and try to throw it all around, and therefore everyone's going to get their turn at the, at the targets. I only have him for about 130. It's 20 less, 90 receptions, half-point BBR league. That's going to cut down your points as well. I guess there's not a big gap between the two, but I don't like it coming in on a short offseason. There's not natural chemistry already built up between him and Kyler Murray. I'm just I have a lot of questions about a guy who's going inside the top five. If you're if you're picking a receiver inside the top five, you should be taking a guy that I think has minimal risk. I don't think there's minimal risk with DeAndre Hopkins going into this season. That's I get fair. It. I get it. And I'm I'm doing the points right now. Ryan, you're at a zero right now. Um everybody but Dan right now gets a point just because I'm a Texan. I'm gonna believe in nuke and those are very valid points for Dan, and I just think he I think he overcomes it maybe, and maybe that's what we disagree on right there. Um, we'll move on to the real Houston Texans wide receiver number one, though, in Brandon Cooks. He finished last year at wide receiver 62. Everybody but Dan and myself have him outside of, like, their top 30 for some reason. Dan, I want you to close this off because I want you to get the point for sure. But Ryan, Billy, we'll kick it off with Billy, man. You've got him at wide receiver 38. That's some disrespect on my boy Brandon Cooks with an eye, boy. I mean, there's only been eight other receivers in the in the league right now that have caught and put the amount of yards that he has year in and year out. And those other nine or those other eight receivers are guys that we have no questions on. He does have concussion issues, but one injury away, that's everybody in the league. So 
Why are you so low on Brandon Cooks? I'm, I'm jaded by Brandon Cooks because I've invested in him so early so many times to just be relying not a good on reason. him. It's not a good feel for me. Uh, yeah, concussions, concussions, concussions. And look, Deshaun Watson isn't the most accurate quarterback. He's not necessarily a guy that's going to put a ball in a spot to prevent you from getting hit. You know, he's, he's not that kind of talent. So for me with uh, Brandon Cooks, uh, who's going over the middle? Who's going to, you know, do deep ends? That was DeAndre's job. Cooks is brought in to kind of fill that role. You know, he's not just going to be a deep shot guy. Uh, for me, it's strictly injury concern. I love the talent. I love the player. Fantasy, I'm just jaded because I relied on him before and been burnt. But uh, I, I love him in Houston. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I just don't want to invest in the injury concern, with the, especially concussions, and the role that I think Houston's going to need out of him. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Tom, I want to go to you. Everything that Billy said went over my head because I got blinders on right now, even though I love Billy. (laughs) Chris, I'm going to make it really easy. This is going to be a nice short one. I think Randall Cobb is the only wide receiver on the Texans that plays more than like 10 games. You mute him. (laughs) Dude, what receiver there can stay healthy? Nobody. All right. I'm going to touch on that when we get to me. Don't worry. I like Steelers because of that. Yeah. Okay. Still may or may not make the team, though. I know. I know. Plus that legal stuff. I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah. Ryan, I'll let you rebuttal what Dan says. But, Dan, take it off right now and let these boys know why they're sleeping on Brandon Cooks. All right. Well, first of all, Brandon Cooks only missed two games in his entire career. So, as far as the durability factor, I don't, I'm not buying that one. He's got a clean bill of health as far as concussions go. He's good to go there. Uh, and he's a hell of a lot more healthier than Will Fuller. So, the main argument, I think, against Brandon Cooks is that there's a lot of people out there who believe Will Fuller will be the number one wide receiver. And even if they're both be, field, he's healthy. What? I said he couldn't be if he's healthy, but he's not going to be healthy. He's not going to be healthy. Well, yeah, I'm I'm saying even if he's healthy and they're both on the field at the same time, Brandon Cooks is the veteran savvy route runner. He's the guy who's going to be getting open in key moments for Deshaun Watson. He's the guy who's going to be building his trust. Will Fuller does what he does. He's got the he's got the size speed combination. He's great as a second wide receiver. He's great at, at being the, the big home run guy. And he's going to continue to do that. But that's not going to be the guy who's ever going to be targeted the most. And he hasn't really had time to develop that other aspect of his game, quite frankly, because he's been hurt so much. So now we get back checked to reality. Will Fuller's going to play eight games this season. Let's be real. So even even from that standpoint, Brandon Cooks is going to wind up being the number one wide receiver. 
This is a guy who's gotten over a thousand yards every year except for last year. And he did it by going to different teams every single year. So the idea that he can't switch teams and still perform well, he's proven it, what, three years in a row that he definitely can do that as well. I have met wide receiver 13. There's another guy as a classic example of I have him literally one point ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. It's just another guy who's in a territory where one extra or one less touchdown and it could severely swing kind of where I have him at. There's like six to eight spots or something like that. But at the end of the day, this is a team that's got to throw the ball a ton. Their defense is terrible. Brandon Cooks is going to get 1,100 yards. He's going to get probably about seven touchdowns and that about 86 receptions. And that's going to be enough to put him right there at the top end of wide receiver twos. And there's just nothing not to like about him. And the durability thing is just, it's just that's just not a non-issue. I don't, I don't get that at all. Five concussions in five years isn't nothing. Two games. Two okay. games he missed. Yeah, yeah. two games started missed, but he comes out halfway through the game. So okay, okay. Yeah. Ryan, you got the rebuttal. Tell me why. I look, Brandon Cooks is one of those high upside guys that I like getting late because if he plays 16 games, he's going to significantly outperform my projections. The problem, too, I see is they have two running backs who catch the ball. Do what? Well, if he plays 12 games, he's still outperforming projections. I don't, it just, so one of my biggest concerns too is the fact that the Johnson brothers are there and I have them combining for 117 catches between them. What do you base that on, Ryan, real quick? Because Deshaun Watson's not known for dumping the ball off. Yeah, but his line's bad. So it's been, it's been bad previously. He still doesn't dump the ball off. So that's what I'm curious. I don't think he's ever had, I don't think he's ever had a receiving back like David. I mean, he's, had Duke. Year. he's had Duke, but Duke's never on the field really. You had Hyde that was taking the carries. You had Lamar Miller, who I don't consider to be a very prolific pass receiving back. I think the offense is going to look a little bit different because there isn't a Hopkins there anymore. There's all these guys that could be – look, we know, some of these people are saying why, uh, Will Fuller is going to be wide receiver one. Tom likes Randall Cobb. Uh, I'm a big fan of Kenny Stills just because I'm scared of the injury stuff. Uh, the, the, my problem is I don't think he's going to get the volume that he needs to be like a – borderline wide receiver one guy i have him at 91 targets and i that could be low but i am projecting that at some point he's gonna miss time just because of not necessarily games either that's that's the thing it's not that he's missing games it's that he's out for that game in the second quarter with a concussion and then he comes back the next week i just he scares me because again the, the five concussions i mean it's it's welker-esque almost it scares me in that he could be one concussion away from being done fully completely done now, again, he's the kind of guy I like to get late. But if I'm drafting with you two guys, I'm going to let y'all take him early. I'm going to go after somebody in that range that I feel a little bit more confident in their floor, even though I think he has the highest ceiling of those guys in that range. I'm so nervous about his health. I'm nervous about the fact that this offense is going to look different without a true Hopkins-esque wide receiver one to dominate the targets. I mean, I got targets going all over this offense. Cooks is going to stretch the field, so it's fuller. The, the, the offense is going to be great. But – is there going to be that one guy that is their guy? Possibly. I don't see it working out that way just because of the amount of – there's just guys all over the field that I think can catch the ball. How many um, attempts do you have them yeah. going for? Who? Uh, Cooks? How many attempt, pass attempts do you have the Texans or, or Watson throwing? 354. Oh, attempts, 519. That's 519. really low. If you're throwing 519 times, that means you are at least half the time a rushing team. That's really low. I, don't I do think they're going to be ahead a lot. I, I do think they're going to be ahead a lot. I think they're 
So I'm pretty high on the Texans this year as far as uh, uh, overall. Um, I think they're going to – I mean, they were that close to being in the Super Bowl, honestly. They are a solid team. I know they lost Hopkins, but they got all these other weapons that are not quite comparable, but uh, Johnson gives them an element out of the backfield they haven't really had before. As far as their RB1 goes, I know they've had Duke Johnson, but to have – I mean, when David Johnson's on the field, you're not going to know if he's going to run, if he's going to go out. He can play slot. He, he's got all those skills. I just think this is going to be a tough offense to pin down this year because there's not going to be a guy you can stop because everybody else is going to do it for you. So if you focus on Cooks, Fuller for the three games he plays is going to hurt you. Cobb's going to hurt you whenever he's on the field. Stills can hurt you. One of those tight ends is going to be the tight end. Uh, those two backs can both catch out of the backfield. Watson is a weapon on the ground. I just think that they're so balanced this year. I'm having a hard time targeting any of their receivers as far as a wide receiver one. I love them all as flex options, every one of them. Although Cooks is Cooks is going to be a starting receiver for me. Um, but it's just a concern for me. I think he's getting rated too high just because of the question marks as far as the concussions go. Because they start to stack up, and the more concussions you get, the worse it gets. So We've got it, six more guys. We've got six more guys that we got to handle in 20-something minutes, guys. I'm giving the point to Dan Mater on the Brandon Cooks on this, guys. You know that I had to do it on this one because I'm so high on him. Because I don't believe any of you guys that he's not going to – I mean, like Dan said, the dude – the durability thing's not going to be an issue. They got this guy in here to handle some of these vacated targets from DeAndre Hopkins. The dude's going to catch some passes from Watson. Watson's a, a, immaculate, like we all know. Let's talk about another here, guy, right? Cooper Cup. The dude finished at wide receiver four last year. Jared Goff's roommate. The dude's cat caught more touchdown passes in the last 16 games or 24 games, something like that, than any other wide receiver out there. Dude's yoked, right? And he's good looking, right? Everyone likes him. Dan, <laughs> lead us off right now because you got him inside of your top 10 at number 10, and I really like it. I'm a little bit further away from you, but I'm all in on Lil Cooper Cup. Yeah, I mean, before he got a little bit nicked up, I mean, he was, what, the wide receiver four, I believe, for, um, I think, the whole first beginning of half of the season, quite frankly. And uh, look, when it comes to him and Robert Woods, Robert Woods might get him in targets, maybe even a little bit of receptions. There's nobody on that team who has more chemistry with Jared Goff in the red zone than Cooper Cup does. So you're talking about a guy, while he's a slot receiver, he's a slot receiver with eight to nine touchdown potential. Like We've kind of seen this before. I just think he's a solid wide receiver. Um, I don't think the Rams are going to run as much two tight end set this year as a lot of people were trying to make him out to be after last season. So he's still going to very much be able to play the slot, whether it's Josh Reynolds or Van Jefferson out there. It doesn't matter a good amount of time. He's really probably Jared Goff's most dependable weapon. I I don't see where the big drop off is. You lose Brandon Cooks. You vacate all those targets. They're not going to Van Jefferson. They're going to Robert Woods. They're going to Cooper Cups. I love them both this year. I don't know Robert Woods quite as high because of the touchdown factor, but I don't see any reason why Cooper Cup can't be a wide receiver one like he was last year. Yeah, I mean, people are drafting in the fourth and fifth round and getting wide receiver one production out of him. Uh, Tom, you got him at outside of your top 20. Why are you not a fan of Cooper Cup, man? I mean, he's a I guess not a fan is, is a heavy stretch. Right. I mean, hey, I, I think it is a stretch, but I, I'm not confident in the whole Rams offense. Like we were talking about earlier, um, you know, I, I think without that running game at all this year. You know, and again, we, we've kind of beat this one like a dead horse. But 
Um, I don't think that it's going to be the same as it was last year. Even I, even uh, Sean McVay's play calling last year just didn't weird. inspire confidence in me. I, I, what was that, Dan? I thought it was weird. Uh, just to yeah, yeah. Your point there. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't, didn't know what to say about it. Even it was, it was, um, you know, you look at the year before, he looked like a genius, and then all of a sudden last year, it's like he hit a wall. Like it was like he had a concussion, and just didn't know what was happening on the field. Um, you know, hey, if his play calling's back up, I mean, Cooper Cup could have a hundred receptions this year. You know with those vacated targets. So um, could he be a wide receiver one? Absolutely. But uh, I mean, I think he's a, a lower end wide receiver too, just because that offense is not going to be strong this year. Tom, you got like the mutual respect from the Dallas Cowboy fan right there, right? But oh, also to your point, I'm going to have to give the point to Dan right now because there's no doubt in the chemistry between Jared Goff and Cooper Cup and Cooper Cup's going to be in that at least – top 12 talking for sure. This is a guy though that I got burned on last year. And a lot of people did because of injuries in the steel city, man. Juju Smith Schuster finished a wide receiver 66 and was drafted in the first round last year by some people, this guy included. We're going to move on from that. I've got him ranked at wide receiver 20 this year because, you know, me and Billy kind of same guy. I was burned by him last year. Maybe I shouldn't look at that. I was so burned by this guy. It was ridiculous. Billy, you got him at wide receiver 25. You're telling me right now, by your rankings, I'm not, I don't need to touch this guy, and I'm with you on it. Give me the reasons why I just stay away from this guy. You know, Juju just doesn't seem like their true number one wide receiver to me. I mean, I like him as the number two when Antonio Brown was there because one-on-one matchups is great. I'm just not sure that he's really the guy that when he demands a double team, which they're going to double, I'm not sure that he's that scary. Uh, and to your point, you know, I was a really high Juju guy. I loved what I saw and just burnt last year. And, you know, to, you know, I don't know, I guess to the, like the new Hopkins type guys, the legitimate wide receiver ones can play with a little insignificant quarterback play. And he was just a ghost. So for me, I'm just staying away from that. I'm not sure Roethlisberger's health, uh, you know, is, is going to be that good. So it's always a concern with Big Ben. And if he misses time, Juju has no value. So for me, I'm just going to avoid that situation. Do you think if Big Ben plays the whole year, though, Juju has a good year? He's definitely better than wide receiver 25, but I don't see him as like a top 12 bona fide guy. I'm just not sure where the touchdowns are going. The addition of Eric Ebron kind of makes me feel like you know, they want to keep it tight, run the ball more, and, and use bigger targets. Juju's not necessarily a red zone threat. So uh, I don't see a huge tight end or a touchdown upside with Juju. So still, I mean, 13, 15 maybe, I could see him being that guy, but I don't see him jumping up into, you know, that 8, 10 range uh, in my mind anyway. Yeah, to add to your point, just because I'm with you on this one a little bit, but I want Ryan to convince me otherwise because Ryan's very convincing with his stats. Chase Claypool has been a really good guy with, Ben Roethlisberger right now, and they've had some connection in camp that I've seen from the beat writers. Ryan, you got him ranked inside of your top 10, and I was like, man, is Juju about to burn me again because I'm going to take him again this year? What do you think, man? Ben Roethlisberger's wide receiver one is always a top 10 receiver. Every single year, he's a top 10 wide receiver. Who's their wide receiver one? Juju Smith-Schuster. Look, Poor quarterback play is one thing, but Mason Rudolph and a guy they call Duck is a whole other conversation. That whole team sucked last year. Yeah, Juju burned a lot of people. 
I tried to get him last year and I couldn't because he slipped. I mean, he went too early. I want him this year. Ben, I was reading something today that Ben said he's, his elbow's been hurting him for like the last 12 years or something. I don't remember. Yeah. I saw that on my phone popped up. Regardless, Ben's been relatively healthy in his career uh, as far as when you talk about how long he's been playing. I mean, he's not Philip Rivers or Eli Manning or anything, but he's been pretty daggum healthy for most of his career. His number one receiver is always a top 10 receiver every year. You go back, Emmanuel Sanders, even back to Mike Wallace when that guy was really good. Always the Pittsburgh's the Pittsburgh Steelers' number one wide receiver is going to get a massive amount of targets. They're going to get touchdowns. I have him at for 132 targets, 91 catches, 1180 yards, and eight touchdowns. I just want to get a piece of that Pittsburgh offense, and not just a piece, the piece. It's Antonio Brown. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers' number one wide receiver when Ben Roethlisberger is playing. is always top ten every single year. So unless you think there's going to be a I mean, I love Claypool as far as a a late draft pick. And I actually like Deontay Johnson, too. I think he could help Juju. But Juju is the wide receiver one there, and I love getting a wide receiver one from a Ben Roethlisberger Pittsburgh Steelers offense. It just works. Every year it works. The guy throws for over 4,000 yards every year. A chunk of that's going to Juju. He throws for plenty of TDs every year. Juju's going to get those TDs. I mean, obviously, he's not going to – I'm not saying he's wide receiver one. But don't let last year fool you. Because there were a lot of guys that had bad – I mean, we were talking about Brandon Cooks wasn't good last year either, and I still want to get some of him. The offense is going to look different this year. Uh, if Connor doesn't play 16 games, McFarland looks to be serviceable to me. So the run game shouldn't just die like it did every time, every other time Connor's gone down, and that's going to help the pass game. Uh, Ebron doesn't – Ebron had one good year, in my opinion, as far as fantasy goes. I mean, he's a good tight end, but I'm not crazy about him this year. I'm crazy about Juju. I just think, yeah, his floor isn't that – I even think his floor is safe. If Roethlisberger is healthy, he's got a good floor. If Roethlisberger's hurt, yeah, we're in big trouble. But that goes for a decent amount of guys, not all of them. So he doesn't have that wide receiver one floor that the other wide receiver ones that I have do. But he has really high potential. And, again, you can just look back through the years. Pittsburgh's wide receiver one is always fantasy dominant. Yeah, Ryan, I'm really close to where you are with the projections and everything like that. Look, I didn't want Juju Smith-Schuster last year because of how high he was going. The reason was this. I didn't want Schuster when he had when he was looking like he was going to have to play the perimeter more often than not with Antonio Brown gone. That's not the case this year. There's no Antonio Brown, but Schuster's going to be able to play the slot almost every single time. So that doubling and everything like that, that's not going to happen. Not going to happen from the slot. That's why I'm back on Schuster. Now, is he tied to Robsberger? Yes, absolutely. Robsberger goes down then, you know, Lord knows what happens after that. But I'm not expecting that to happen. I expect Roethlisberger to come back and be pretty strong, be pretty healthy for the most part. And as long as he is and Schuster gets to play the slot, which is the big key for me, I don't see why this guy's not getting 1,100 yards and getting seven touchdowns. Seven touchdowns, other than last year, has been what he's gotten every single year. So for him to get at least that, that should mark out his floor, should mark out 1,100 yards. Uh, That's why I have him number eight receiver overall. I, I actually want him this year. Me too. I have him at eight. Yeah, both y'all are tied on that. Um, you know what, though, guys? I'm going against the grain. Tom, Billy, y'all are getting the point on this. Just because. I'm sorry, Dan. I know you got to remember. Ryan, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Wherever Chris has his ranking, he's already going there with the point. It doesn't really matter what arguments we're making. <laughs> I just want to make sure you knew because you came in late to the show. But that's pretty much what's been going on. Have some of them changed? I think some of them have. Have we done Teddy Bridgewater yet? 
Yes. Yeah, we did. You missed that too. You missed that and Mike Kosicki. You missed both parts that you were like counted on for. Mike I was counted <laughs> the other way on that. You changed my mind, but not on Juju because, and I know this is bad. It's really bad. He burned me. He burned me personally. Yeah, and Chris is talking like a home league amateur. That's why he's getting I up. Am, I am. That's what this episode is about. That's what this episode is about, sir. Okay? But we're going to move on. We've got four guys that we need to talk about, and these are the most important guys. Your running backs. Your running backs are so important, at least for all of us here at Belly Up. We don't go without – we don't want to be running back poor at all. We want to push running backs, and they're going to help you win your home leagues. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. And this is a guy that is consensus, not 1.01. But here at Belly Up, we've got three guys on the screen that have him at 1.01 for some reason. Including, I think, a Dallas Cowboy fan and definitely an Eagles fan. So, you know, you guys can educate us why you have him on 1.01. But Dan, kick us off. You've got Saquon lower than all of us at number four. And I'm in line so with low. So low. <laughs> We're splitting hairs. We're splitting hairs. Yeah, at this I mean, you have to in these situations. I get it. Right, exactly. It's it's a five-point difference for me when it comes to Saquon and Alvin Kamara and Ezekiel Elliott. It's, it's pretty close. What it dives down to for me is that the Saints and the Cowboys will have better offenses. Better offense create more opportunity. More opportunity affects the running back more so than any other position in the NFL. Love Saquon. I got nothing against him. He's going to get all the touches in the world. I, I don't knock him for that either. But overall, I'm not a big fan of Daniel Jones. I'm not a big fan of Jason Garrett calling plays. Alvin Kamara, though, Ezekiel Elliott, though, going to get probably – Kamara won't, but they'll get just as many touches as Saquon Barkley but be even more impactful in the receiving game. We got to see Daniel Jones check the ball down like Eli Manning. He didn't do that last year. So that's going to be the big key. And what happens if all the receivers are healthy and what happens if Evan Ingram is healthy? I don't know if Saquon's going to be on the same level as those other two when it comes to targets. That's winds up what winds up being the difference for me when you're talking about a half point or even full point PPR. And I think Kamara's in for a huge year this year. He was on pace for a huge year last year and he wasn't even healthy for most of the season. So I'm big on Kamara's my number two in both half point and full point PPR. When it comes to standard, Saquon bumps up to my number three right behind Zeke. But for half point, full point, he's right there at number four. Chris, you're muted. Dan, always looking out, man. Dan, the head of our fantasy department, always looking out for us. 
Ryan Tom Billy, you've got him at number one. Ryan, you have been such a big Saquon guy, it's sickening. Give me the stats on Saquon, and why do I need to draft him over CMC? Or Zeke, for that matter, who's COVID-free. Well, Dan made a good point. His 121 targets his rookie year was with Eli, and so that obviously is going to help him. But he had 73 targets last year and 52 catches on what everybody in the world would call a down year for him. I don't know why he would have less than that going into this year. Like, I can't see a good reason unless he's not healthy again, which, God, that was a big scare the other day. But the other thing is he's going to score a bunch of touchdowns. Like, he even, again, bad year, lots of touchdowns. Well, not lots of touchdowns, but for the games he was playing, plenty of touchdowns. He's going to get tons of opportunities. I am really high on Daniel Jones, though. because So I do think that they're going to get – their offense is going to be pretty complete as far as – I'm high on Slayton. Uh, I'm not that high on Ingram as far as his health goes, but I like Caden Smith behind him. I just think Saquon is that offense as far as what they want to do. So I have him at like 263 carries and 79 catches. I mean, if you just use that kind of volume, you can see why I have him at wide receiver, or at running back one. I have him for 16 total TDs. Uh, I think that could be low. Now, I didn't project him higher because I'm also aware that that could be high. But to me, if that offense goes the way I think that offense is going to go, Saquon's going to get so many touches. They're going to be ahead on occasion, which is not something they were much last year. And they're just going to pound the ball down people's throats. Their line is vastly improved. Uh, that is another thing that I addressed as far as when I was doing these. Their line's a lot better. Their line was not good last year. Uh, Jones is a, a running threat, so he's going to make defenses stay honest. I'm huge on Slayton, so he's going to keep defenses looking at the pass. But to me, Saquon is the most talented back in the league. I understand McCaffrey's going to catch the most balls, so he's going to have the most value as far as PPR goes. But I still like Saquon because I think he's going to score more, and I'm so down on Carolina this year. So to me, Saquon is the RB1. Now, I, I'm not going to blame anybody for taking McCaffrey at one because he makes a lot of sense at one. But uh, if I have the one at one, I have 100% exposure to Saquon Barkley. And I guess, you know, we read history books and history repeats itself, and then you always have to, you know, look at all that kind of business. No running back is really repeated as the running back one year after year besides Le'Veon Bell, right? So, Billy, do what, Dan? So, McCaffrey just did it two years in a row. In, in full point PPR? Yeah. I uh, believe so. That might be true. I wasn't doing a lot of PPR two years oh, ago. I need to choose this guy, Saquon, over CMC, who's been the number one running back back-to-back. Go. Uh, I'll take uh, Saquon this year because 2,000 yards as a rookie. I feel like his upside is similar to what McCaffrey had last year, and I don't want to be the guy chasing points. That's fair. And by that, I mean McCaffrey's here last year. The guys that chased Mahomes' 50, 50 touchdown, you know, season, you know, didn't it, it doesn't work out. When you're chasing that guy, you're expecting that production. Back in the day, Larry Johnson had a 20-touchdown season. If you took him number one the year after, you missed yeah. out on LT's 28-touchdown t- uh, season. So I think it's important to be ahead of the curve and, and look at what guys are going to do, not what they did. I don't chase points, so that's kind of why I'm, I'm chasing points. I'm chasing points, but I take Christian McCaffrey 101, though. Well, chasing 400 points. I mean, what's what's the reality? Him to duplicate what he did last year or regress back to that 385 range? Which was yeah, but knock off 80 points, he's still so. the number one. So, uh, there's a huge gap. That's that's more of my point. He doesn't have to have the same season he had last year to still be the number one guy. For, for the record, Ryan, I actually have Saquon touching the ball more than you do. 
but I still have Zeke touching the ball more than him, and I still have Alvin Kamara's touches, his efficiency returning to what it was in his first two years, and that winds up being the, being the key difference. Yeah, to, to your point, now I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to have to go with my rankings on this, and Dan might have called me up. I'm going to have to regress on this one. Dan gets the point. Dan is at nine. Billy is at eight. Tom is at six. Ryan, you are at one total point, but that's okay because you came in late. We're going to make these last three count because these guys are guys that we're all looking at, really, as being running back heavy guys. Kenyon Drake. For the first guy right now, I've got him ranked at running back 11. Ryan, you're at 13 on this guy. He ranked last year at running back 16. They add Nuke, like we've talked about. We've talked about the Cliff Kings very offensive lot. We've talked about this guy possibly getting all the goal line touches. You know, Tom and Dan are on one side and Billy. So it's pretty much you versus the world on this one, right? Trying to get a point. Why is Drake, the dude that's in a walking boot right now, Gonna be in the top fifteen. I'm sorry, top thirteen. Dan's got him at fifteen. Oh, so sorry, yeah. Don't have him lower than me. Was that? Don't I have him lower than me? I'm at yeah, sixteen. I'm at fifteen. Wow! Didn't read okay, well, that yeah. Come on, man. So <laughs> y'all, for, to me, it goes down to this. Um. I do think the Cardinals offense is going to be pretty spread out, but when it gets to time for goal line work, it's going to be Murray or Drake running it in. Uh, I have him at nine touchdowns rushing and two receiving, uh, and that's where a decent amount – because his other stats are not that overly impressive with the guys around him, but he's going to score a lot because that's what he did last year. He scored a lot. Uh, He has scored a lot even when he was in Miami. He scored. He's got a nose through the end zone. The boot does concern me. Big time, but as far as I'm looking at, I can't. I mean, I know we just talked about it, by the way, and I yeah, they said it was more precautionary than everything. Yeah, it was. It was just a couple of nicks. He's fine. He was already back at practice yeah. today. That makes me very happy because to so for me, man, I thought I was low on Drake. I've been seeing him go earlier. <laughs> I've been seeing him go earlier than that in a lot of formats. Yeah, you're the for highest, me, really. I know that's crazy. I, I honestly, I thought I was going to be on the other side of this with uh, Drake though. Again, it just comes down to touchdowns. If he doesn't score, he's going to be not worth where I have him. But I see him scoring. I see them get in the red zone and feeding him the ball. Uh, he's not exactly uh, unable in the passing game. I mean, he's not going to be a McCaffrey, but I have him for 51 catches uh, and I have him for 219 carries for 1,087 yards, again, nine touchdowns, and then 310, 319 receiving yards and two touchdowns through the air. The thing is that offense is going to be throwing a lot. But when they get to the red zone, the easiest way to put the ball in is on the ground. They're going to try to do it. They want their offense to be balanced from what I can tell. Again, I don't know about Kingsbury yet. Now that defenses have a year of tape on them, I'm not sure how successful the air raid offense is going to be. So if they're struggling to stay open and throw, they're going to feed the ball to Drake. And when they do, he's going to find the end zone. Everything for me is very end zone dependent on Drake, but I do suspect he's going to get a solid amount of touchdowns. Well, I think all of y'all are pretty much on the same page, and we kind of read this one wrong, so everybody gets a point on the Drake. I'm the highest on him, so I'm just going to fade Drake like I thought I should. Uh, Later, Kenyon, sorry. Early on in the season, everyone heard me mention my wife and how much she loves Drake and her friends. Sorry, ladies. I have to fade him. We're going to talk about a guy 
that we've had multiple conversations on. And for some reason, like Ryan was saying, I felt that I was really low on him, but Dan is lower than I am on him. And you other three guys are really high on Nick Chubb for some reason. Uh, mm. I'm really glad that Dan took my side on this. Not that I'm just going to give him a point or anything like that. Yes, I'm with him on the ring. But, Dan, I want to hear your take. You're really low on Nick Chubb, and I really like it. Why are you so low on Nick Chubb in that Kevin Stefanski offense? I mean, I have him at RB16. I don't know if I call that low. So for me, the Nick Chubb argument is about one thing. How involved do you think Kareem Hunt's going to be? I tend to lean on the side that Kareem Hunt's going to be very involved. I have them for a 65-35 split both ways, 65-35 in favor of Chubb when it comes to carries, but then 65-35 in favor of Kareem Hunt when it comes to receptions. And we're talking about half-point PPR. That kind of winds up being the difference for me. That's why he just I has a very... I think a low ceiling when it comes to the receptions part of the game. I have him for rushing for 1,200 yards. I have him rushing for 10 touchdowns, but I very much think Kareem Hunt is not only a guy that you should be taking in the fifth round because I think he's a guy that I, I'd be willing to plug him in my flex. I'd be willing to have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt on my team and have them both in my starting lineup week in and week out. I'd be perfectly fine with that. Um, but as a result of that, you can't put them in the same category as some of these other top guys who are just staring down the face at getting both the rushing and the overwhelming receiving of the work, like a Miles Sanders, uh, like a Kenyon Drake, like like a Josh Jacobs, like a number of these guys who I have ahead of him. He's just not set up to do – it's not that I don't think he can receive the ball because I actually think he can, but it's clear to me through multiple coaching staffs and multiple years there now that he's just not going to set up that way. And – also because Kareem Hunt has to be involved. This isn't a backup we're talking about. This is a guy who would be uh, a top 10 running back if he was on any other team as a starting running back right now. He has to be involved. That's the best way to get him involved. And I don't think he's just going to knock at carries. I had a good stat because I talked about this on my show a couple weeks ago that when Kareem Hunt came back for those eight, last eight games, 75% of the carries went to Nick Chubb, but 75% of the receptions went to Kareem Hunt. I think it's going to be a little bit more balanced than that, but they're both going to be very heavily involved, and that's why I can't have Nick Chubb quite on the same level as some of these other guys. I love it, man. That's exactly what I'm thinking, too. Ryan, you've got Nick Chubb higher than most of us at number seven. Why are you so high on this guy? Because I'm, I'm, I'm out on him right now. Well, he's, I have him at 280 carries. And God dang, that's a lot. Yeah, well, he was this close to being the rushing title champion last year. I mean, one giant game from Henry took it from him. So I look at him in a lot of the same ways I look at Henry. I know he doesn't have the high upside as far as SEC guys. So you know what I mean. I still have him for thirty-one catches and two hundred forty-nine receiving yards. Like he's not going to just disappear in the pass game. But fourteen hundred yards and ten touchdowns on the ground. I know that's not a lot through the air, but give me that and let me know that that guy's going to be on the field for a lot of the play. Cause they'll, they'll put them both out on the field together. Um, Houston's the one that put this idea in my head. I think they get rid of hunt. I really do. I don't think they're going to plan on signing him long-term. He's going to be expensive. Uh, Trump is there. Besides Cleveland, Cleveland's like his backyard playground. Well, he's just one, one lady getting kicked away from not being in the NFL anymore. So hopefully he doesn't do that. But to me, again, Chubb is just so prolific on the ground. I can't get caught up in the fact that he's not going to have that many catches because the performance that he's going to put down on the ground is going to be so good that I'm okay with just shrugging off the PPR bonuses and just taking this beast, just like I like Henry. Uh, Chubb, to me, has just got a, a safe floor as far as his rushing goes. And, yeah, his ceiling's a bit 
pooped on by Hunt, but if they trade Hunt, it's not like Chubb can't catch the ball. That's the thing. He's got a pretty high catch percentage. It's just that Hunt's such a good weapon. Uh, they don't need him to catch the ball so much, but he's going to get tons of carries, tons of carries. And it's just going to translate. The guy almost led the league in rushing last year. And at running back, if a guy's going to be flirting with the rushing title, sign me up. Yeah, Tom, you've got him inside your top 10. I see your finger raised right now. Obviously, you've got some stats and some good notes, some good knowledge on Nick Chubb. So I just want to I just want to remind everyone that he was just shy of 1,500 yards last year with a pretty crap O-line. Yeah. They've only improved it with Jack Conklin and Jedrick Willis. I mean, even if he loses some of the touches to you know Kareem Hunt throughout the season, I would expect his runs to be more effective based on having a better offensive line. He's not going to have as many you know stuffed runs. He, it's you can't expect a guy like that to get held up by an improved offensive line. So, Okay, I can get behind that. Okay. I don't trust the fantasy. I think that's my other issue, too. I wasn't very impressed with him as a play call last year. That was Kubiak's system. Let's see what he does when he doesn't have Kubiak over his shoulder helping him out calling the plays. That's what I'm kind of curious about. You know, Kubiak, so he's obviously going to lead you in the right direction. I'm sorry, I missed what you guys said. My headphone jacket just popped out. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. I'll repeat it. Kubi has to check this Aggie, so you know he's going to lead you in the right direction. Now, oh, I'm sorry I asked the question, guys. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I should have known it was an SEC reference. <laughs> Billy, you've got Nick Chubb. I mean, I'm kind of on the edge right now because Houston, our guy, has been such – a Nick Chubb guy, and I've been so against Nick Chubb because I've been so on Kareem Hunt. Billy, I respect your thought process a lot. And yeah, Marco, you thought that was funny. That's fair. You've got him at number eight. I'm still not considering him in my top 10. Why do you have him inside your top 10, man? You know, I actually feel like I'm a little bit low as at number eight, and just the Kareem Hunt influence is why. But when I watch Nick Hunt play, the guy is an all world running back. I mean, the guy is uber talented. He, he, he just makes plays. He's what you want. He can handle the workload. And I feel like uh, Kareem Hunt, they want to do some slot things with him. So Nick Chubb's got that the, the running game part of that offense carved out. And, you know, hey, we saw what they did with Dalvin Cook in Minnesota. I don't see Chubb's numbers taking a step back. I just really like this guy as far as a running back goes. So I feel like I'm low on him uh, with the, the low upside or the low ceiling as far as receptions and, and the PPR format. But Chubb's a guy I just really like. However, you know, to Ryan's point, it really feels he's really a Derrick Henry-esque feel to me as far as you know you're not getting a whole lot in receptions, but you're getting that workload every week. He produces. He's getting the red zone touches for touchdowns. So uh, I feel like number eight is pretty accurate to where he'll end up the season with uh, you know a somewhat limited upside, if you can call it that. That's fair, Billy, and I think you just took it over the top. Dan and Billy are tied at 10 points. Ryan at a lowly three because you came in halfway through. Tom, you're not bad, man. You're at eight. And this is the guy right here that has been fire right now. Everyone's talking about him. Everyone's either hot or not on him. I was not hot on him. Now I'm hot on him. Now I'm not hot on him. I need you guys to wind it up for me because if I'm number six, in my home draft. I'm looking at this guy right now and I'm going to take him. 
Um, I want to start it off with Ryan, because you're the lowest right now on CEH, the LSU pass-catching guy that Patrick Mahomes had to – I don't know if he had to have, but told Andy Reid, I want this guy. Andy Reid spent that first-round draft pick on him. We know what he – we know – well, I'll go into that in a second. But, Ryan, why are you so low on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? You're lower than me, Ryan? I'm surprised. Yeah, I was too. It was crazy. I thought I was like, really? Like 18? Y'all remember Damian Williams? Because I do. I, I want to be fair. MVP. I have CEH at 179 carries, 791 yards, five on the ground, 63 targets, 46 catches, 417, and four through the air. That's now, a low, right? Uh, okay, you, you can say that. And he he's basically a teardrop for me as far as backs go because I have okay. – he's a rookie. He hasn't had a lot of offseason – there's a gajillion weapons in that offense, and they have Patrick Mahomes. So the running game is going to be complementary rather than a focus. Uh, the thing is, like, a rookie running back, he's tiny, too, as far as size-wise goes. Now, he's rather bulky. It's not like he's just tiny, tiny. He's more like an MJD type of a guy, but not quite that heavy. The thing is, man, there's so many good backs, and I get the fact that CH just entered that prolific offense – but he's a rookie, and he's going in people's top ten over guys like Chubb. And I'm like, Chubb was just almost the rushing champ. What are you guys seeing here? That because before uh, the Heisman year for Burrow, Bet Fred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things: customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. CEH was okay. And I mean... Th- and that- he didn't start at LSU. Okay, that's supposed to be a good thing? I, I don't well, know why. I'm, I'm adding to your point. Yeah, but for the record, Joe Burrow was nobody before last year either. Totally fair. Totally fair. And the Joe thing Ray is, the me, there's 50 unknowns with this guy. Uh, what? What? How are they going to give the other backs? Is it how much? How much time is he going to be on the field? What kind of shape is he in? How, does he have a connection with Mahomes? Why would you put the ball in his hands when you can put the ball in Tyreek's hands? Why would you? focus on the run too much when you have Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I, I get why people are high on him. I really do. That offense is amazing, and the defenses are not going to be trying to stop the run at all. But there's so many talented backs. CEH, when I just look at him, there's way too many questions for me to take him that early. Well, let, me ask this, let me ask this, Ryan. Do you think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire gets at least 23 touches a game, some sort of fashion? One, no, three. Is that no. a little high? To me, 23 does seem a little bit high just because, okay, how many touches is, are the studs, the superstars, the all pros on that team going to get? Like, sure. again, Tyreek, Kelsey, they have 50 receivers that I find intriguing. Like, Hardman should have a breakout year two. Watkins is no chump. Robinson's a burner. You got Kelsey. I even like Seals Jones in the red zone. Like, he's not a Seals guy that's going to get you a lot of teams. Seals Jones might be, might be done. Yeah, yeah Ricky, Ricky we'll might see. Be down on them boys. That's really I sad. I hope not. Then you have Dion. To me, he's not a goal line back. He's going to be 
reliant on catches and yards to get points. He's not going to score as much as these other guys that that everybody's got ranked higher as far as uh, touchdowns go. Uh, and I know touchdowns are up and down, left and right, but I just don't see the volume. What is he, their third best receiving option at best? At best? I like Hardman well, better. Than- that's questionable. Yeah, third. Is he I better guess. than Kelsey oh, or Hill? Hill? Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, Hardman too. I'd rather have Hardman. He's more explosive with the ball in his hands as far as what I've seen. Yeah, but it's just <laughs> he's not a priority. Dan, let me ask you this, though. I mean, do you think I feel so- at least 22 targets a game? Touches? Or touches, right. I was going to say, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, I just busted my headphone. All right. Well, Whoa. here's the deal. I can't hear you guys, but I'm just going to give you my spiel on Clyde Edwards. Hilarious real quick. Um, Ryan, I'm not far off from you. And if I could actually hear you right now, I would ask you how many receiving yards you have for him, but I can't. So I think I think that's where we were, 400. Seven. Okay. Yeah, I have about. I think we're different as the yards because you have him for way less efficiency than I do. Because we're not far off on the touches. I have him for about 184 carries, but I have him for about 800 yards rushing. I have him for about 500 yards receiving. Um, as far as the receiving goes between the wide receivers and between the running backs, the it's a little bit different when it operates under the running backs. Like you're not, yes, technically from a target standpoint, he might be the fourth option, but the running back is kind of its own animal where it kind of gets its own grouping of targets for as far as the, I don't know if you want to say the distribution of the team kind of deal. Um, you know, I have him for about 1300 total yards. I have him for winding up with about eight to nine touchdowns. I feel in between in this argument because Ryan, you're making all the points that I feel like I'm constantly making because I'm with you and he doesn't belong in the top 10. He doesn't belong in the first round. And I'm totally with you on that. And there's not a big gap there. I think where we're a little bit different as there's like that touchdowns that it's that touch is that six points, man, that six point swing that can go you from 13 to 18 or from 13 to seven. And that's just kind of how close that range is with all those guys. But in that offense, me just projecting him to get about 230 to 240 touches total should give him the yardage, kind of like an Alvin Kamara is what it kind of reminds me. He's not as talented, but kind of like an Alvin Kamara in that sense where the efficiency, the yards, he should be a top 15 guy, especially when you're talking about from a half point, full point PPR standpoint. But it is it is really close, and it's just kind of weird for me because, like I said, I'm, I'm usually on your side of the argument because I'm usually arguing him out of the top 10 rather than arguing why he should be a little bit higher than 18. I'm going to go get a headphone jack. (laughs) (laughs) Tom, I want to give one more rebuttal, but I want to hear your spiel on because you're real low on, not really low, not as low as Ryan, but you're right there with Dan at that 14, 15 range. You got him at number 14. Yeah, I mean, he's got about 15 touches a game, and that seems about right for a rookie running back, even in that Andy Reid offense, right? You've seen Andy Reid. In Philly, and you know what? So, <laughs> don't get me started on Andy Reid in Philly. That was a, a bad era for me towards the end. <laughs> um, no, I mean, so he's an RB too. I don't think that there's really a question in that. I think it's going to be where does he fall within that range? You know, high end. Okay, great. You're up at that 13, 14. I think that's probably where he'll end up. Um, but I think that uh, I think you said Dan was at 18. I don't think that's unrealistic either. Um, you know, kind of middle of the pack RB2. I mean, look, it's like we said, rookie running back. The offense has weapons out the ass. I mean, you have so many people out there that can, once you give them the ball, they will make a play. Um, and he might not be the the most explosive one. So 
I mean, you get guys out there like Tyreek, you have Kelsey, you have Hardman, you have – you can go down the line over and over, and it's tough to see where he's going to get enough touches to break into RB1 territory. Uh, I think that's going to be his, his big uh, limit. As well as there are a number of backs in that backfield that – uh, not that I am going to be stealing a massive amount of shares uh, you know, in the backfield, but DeAndre Washington, Daryl uh, Williams, Darwin Thompson, guys that, you know, that their names have kind of come out of nowhere and they have a big game all of a sudden, a relatively big game, and everyone's picking them up for fantasy for a week and then dropping them again. So I wouldn't put it past the Chiefs having one of these guys, you know, come in for a game and kind of take some of those touches away. Yeah. The one thing that I can say about this, man, I'm about to give everyone a point except for Billy because of what Dan has said in the numbers and everything that y'all was corroborated with. The dude, I mean, if he can get more than 15 touches, I'm all on board with it because of what Kareem Hunt did without Patrick Mahomes. But, Billy, you got him ranked inside your top 10. You know, with Houston being one of our guys and being such a big pusher of CEH. I might have aligned myself with you guys, and maybe I shouldn't have. Um, why are you taking him in your top 10? So in doing my research for tonight's show, I actually made myself even even, even higher on uh, CEH. So to go back to just the end of the Philadelphia area, and I've got a lot of notes here, so I'll, I'll try to be quick, but uh, 2012 with Sean McCoy was RB17 in 12 games with an RB8 pace per game. 2013, his first year in Kansas City, Jamal Charles, RB1, 25 and a half points a game. I and mean, that's getting up around CMC territory from last year. 2014, uh, Jamal Charles uh, was RB7, 17 points a game. 2015, Jamal Charles, 20.2 points per game. He only played five games that year and averaged 20 points per game. However, Sharkandrick West filled in uh, admirably, I might say, down the back stretch of the season. He was running back 14 from week 7 through 17, the last 11 games of the year. He was a top 15 back. Who's that guy? Next year, 2016, Charles only played, limped through three games. Spencer Ware took over the job. He was running back 17 in PPR, only played 14 games. I mean, he caught 33 balls, and he's not a pass-catching back by any stretch of the imagination. Brings us to 2017. We got Kareem Hunt in the backfield now. RB4 is a rookie. And one common theme I'm finding here, about four targets a game for running backs in Randy Reed's system. Almost every running back, every location, every year, every quarterback, four targets a game. So 2018, Kareem Hunt, uh, running back 12, only played 11 games and um, still averaged almost 21 points per game. So 2019, last year, uh, Kareem Hunt's not with the team. Uh, everything's kind of up in shambles. The Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy were really the breadwinners in that backfield. So if you combine their stats, which Damian Williams only played 11 games, McCoy played 13, they combined for 212 carries, 963 yards, nine touchdowns. I'd say that's a, you know, that's a workload I could see CEH easily achieving. 72 targets between the two of them for a game. 58 catches, 394, three touchdowns. I feel like that's a little bit low for what we expect out of CEH, which would bring him in at running back seven, right behind Dalvin Cook, right ahead of, of Leonard Fournette, and, and RB2 with those guys' production on a per-game average. So tell me why we're not taking CEH in the top 10 of your drafts. I just can't see why not. You know, I can't say why not right now, but I know that my heart is telling me not to. Dan, can you hear us right now? Are yeah, you with I can us? Now, finally. Okay, excellent. Give us the final rebuttal on CEH because right now I'm not on board with them. 
I've never been on board with him, but I got jumped into this and jumped is a harsh word. I'm not in a street gang or anything like that. But <laughs> you know, I got yeah. I got hustled into this situation with CEH where he's an LSU guy. I've seen his work ethic. I know that he can catch the ball. Patrick Mahomes wanted him on the team. That's gonna mean something, right? I mean, why am I not drafting this guy in the first round? Is that his ceiling, obviously? But why well, am I not drafting first round is everyone's ceiling, but Sure, I know that was a bad analogy. <laughs> Except Gardner. Look, I with Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I think he's perfect for what they need or what they want. But having said that, this is not a dynamic guy. This is not an explosive guy. He ran a four six. He only has one speed when you watch him on tape. This isn't a guy who's gonna hit home runs. He's Brian not on the same count level. I I didn't hear you, Billy. Brian up, Westbrook. Brian Westbrook. Yeah, Brian Westbrook was more explosive on tape, though. He had a second gear. Clyde Edwards-Hiller has no second gear. When he, where, Whether he's behind the line of scrimmage or he's out in the open field, he's, his legs are moving the exact same. There's no extra gear that he goes to when he gets to that second level. I just, I've done a lot of tape on him because he was my fourth running back, my fifth running back graded coming out into this draft, and that's why I've been big on. I think the Chiefs still made a mistake at the end of the day. I think DeAndre Swift would have been a lot better for them. He's just he's not that dynamic of a runner. He's not a power runner. So to Ryan's point, I think Darrell Williams is going to be involved in the goal line situations. I think I don't think he's going to be there all the time. When they go, they you know, they have they play more shotgun, and I'll give you that. And when they get into the goal line, so he's going to be in on those situations. But when they actually go power run, which they started doing a lot towards the second half of last year, that's not yeah. going to be his game. That's not where he's going to be in on it. Um, I just so have a lot of questions for his athletic ability. I have a lot of questions for his pass blocking ability as far as being a smaller type of guy as well. So. I just have a lot of questions in that sense. Um, he's still going to be good. I'm not trying to knock the guy to say he's not going to be good, but top 10, again, it kind of goes back to my DeAndre Hopkins point. I'm not going to take a guy that high where I have that many questions about as far as right. what his ceiling could really be, and that's kind of right. what it boils down to. Too many questions. I agree. It's it's not that his ceiling could – he could be top five. Yeah, he's good. He could be there, right? Not yes. a question, yeah. It's the question marks. You want to right. mitigate your exposure to risk. bullshit, right? <laughs> Essentially. He's risky. Sure. <clears throat> I'm going to deliberate this real quick, guys, in my head, because Dan Collins. I want everyone right now, Dan, you kick us off. You're, you're leading the pack at Belly Up Fantasy with your shows, with your streams every day of the week. Where can our guys follow you for your instant access, for your rankings, for your questions at least too, man? Because, you know, we're in the uh, – we, we share the same Twitter thing. I see people asking you questions all the time. You answer them on the spot. So really nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. the mailbag segment is live for almost every episode except for the mock draft ones because I just got too much going on there. But always hit me up, Twitter, Facebook, at Belly up MDFF show. You can email me directly, mdsfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Yeah, I'm, I mean, look, I got four episodes a week, and then on top of it, this show. And then, Chris, you and me, we're going to be doing a DFS show starting September 12th as well. So we got we got that in the works, uh, uh too. So, yeah, we're going to be all over the place. I'm always you can always contact me anywhere. I'm always willing to help and make sure you follow those player notifications for sure. Yeah, I mean, Dan and I have a lot of. A lot of plans for the future for Belly Up, along with Ryan, Tom, and Billy. 
being the nucleus of everything. I mean, Billy, we're you're going to start some show here pretty soon, even if it's a part of Belly Up Fantasy Live or you have your own stream, right? Uh, we'll get it going here pretty soon. The Wizards of the Waiver, right? Because yeah. everyone wants to hear that. I ask you for my for my waiver stuff uh, with all the injuries that are going on. Where can everyone follow you at? Because your follow is going to be so good where people can just ask you stuff. And you're just, I mean, we know. I mean, I talk to you all day. We exchange phone numbers. You're just a real dude. So uh, everyone needs to follow Billy Witt for sure. Yeah, follow me on Twitter, bwit 24 Facebook, you'll, you'll see me poking around on the on the Belly Up Fantasy and Belly Up pages. So uh, hopefully have some more stuff going on there. But, yeah, Wizards of the Waiver Wire will be your weekly uh, who do you need to have, who do you need to get. Uh, hopefully some COVID get next man up, guys, when we get into that situation. So hopefully have some good information for everybody keeping their roster strong at the bottom. So, you know, check us out on Twitter. We're going to have a lot coming out for you. Tom, I mean, hot takes all day. You're a fan favorite. Like all my home leagues, dude. They're like, man, is Tom is Tom going to talk about this? Is Tom going to talk about that? Like, dude, my friends like you more than they like me, and they've never even met you. So that's ridiculous. And I'm okay with that because we're on the same team, right? So I love it that my friends love you, and you can just talk shit to them. Uh, where can they follow you at? Obviously, you're working on all of our football stuff on our Twitter account, so. Or can they just take it off, man? I mean, you're like Gardner Minshew like Min- <laughs> yeah, I mean, of Belly Up. I mean, come on. You got to have some swagger. You got to have, you know, some balls to, to say something that's unpopular and do something that's unpopular, right? So, hey, I mean, Belly Up Tom on Twitter, uh, at Belly Up uh, Football as well. I mean, hey, if you like the hot takes or you have something that you want to know my thoughts on, Hit me up. I will gladly tell you my thoughts on, on anything you'd like to know. Uh, you know, give you the hot takes uh, live. Um, like you said, I mean, belly up football. We're getting ready for the football season here. Uh, Sixteen days away, I believe, from uh, so first game. Funny. So, oh I mean, God. hey, we're ready. <laughs> we're ready to go. It's been a long, long off season, but uh, we are almost there. Everyone, just just hold on a little bit longer. For sure, for sure. At real Ryan Hicks, man, our lead writer. Um, we need to start pumping out some more content. Dan is our leader right now, and we just have to do it. Ryan, you just came off your biggest projections, you know, series, and it was amazing. I mean, straight up amazing, dude. You got to take a break for a second, but what are you coming out with next? Because everyone's on their edge to see what you're going to come out with. Because you're the face of the you're the face of the franchise, right? You're like you're like Tom Brady on them boys. Oh, don't call me Tom Brady, although my wife is pretty hot. Uh, <laughs> I hope she heard me. Um, <laughs> She'll play it on replay. Don't worry. <laughs> recording of it. So I'm uh, I'm going to be pro- uh, posting. I was actually just about to start working on it when we're done with this. We're going to be posting the QB rankings. I saw Jamil, uh, shout out to Jamil was doing his top 24 backs. Uh, so my idea was at the end of my projections, I'm just going to have my QBs all in one spot, my running backs all in one spot, my receivers all in one spot, my tight ends, just so people can, if, if you want to use that as like a, if you care what I'm saying, you want to use that in your drafts, just so you have, you don't have to go through all my articles to see what the projections are. You can just see where I have my QBs, where I have my running backs. And then from there, 
I mean, I'm going to be getting so excited about football itself that something's going to something is going to come up that I'm going to start writing about to kick off the season with. I just it it really is an awesome time to be uh, alive right now because football season is coming. So uh, I'm thankfully I have Sundays off this year for football season. So I'm going to be very active on Twitter during game day. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the feedback, looking forward to interacting with everybody and sharing takes and talking smack and just talking football. Um, yeah, but again, you should be seeing something new from me after I get my projections out pretty quick. I just want to get the uh, lists out so everybody can have them in one place and they don't have to surf through 32 different articles trying to figure out where I have CEH. Oh, I got to find the chief. I'm just going to have all my quarterbacks in one. You can go through and look. I'm going to talk about what tiers I have with them and where I think they should be going. Uh, but really, it's mostly football is here. I mean, we are there. And I'm really looking forward to having these belly up fantasy lives during season. And we can talk about guys who went crazy guys who are letting us down, how great Mike Jacecki is all those things we're going to talk about. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, the season's coming. It's really you exciting. Your pants. We can't talk about it now. <laughs> Dan, before I reveal the winner of tonight's cabinet debate, Hamilton style, you and a bunch of our other guys have recruited some really good guys to be our writers. I mean, you recruited me, you recruited Ryan, you recruited Billy. Tom was already here, so I don't know what he added to the to the pie. But <laughs> Tom was here before me, actually. Yeah. The OG Tom. Tom, I'm waiting that. for your mustache, man. I wish. Long story, man. Don't talk about it. Some of our listeners who are, you know, who want to join the fantasy community, what they can do to kind of be a part of the team because you make everyone's, you make everyone a part of the team. So help people that want to come out of their shell, man. Yeah, I mean, and we're not just we're not just a fantasy football either. I mean, we're we're every sport. We're looking to branch out. We got some good baseball guys. I really want to get in some basketball and some hockey come throng season. Like we're we want to be belly up fantasy sports, and that includes all the four major sports you're going to be playing fantasy sports for. So, yeah, if you have any interest, you have any passion, whether it's podcasting or writing or what have you. All you have to do is either go to bellyupfantasysports.com or go to bellyupsports.com and click join the crew. Send in your application. Even if you don't have running experience, we'll work with you um, and we'll, we'll take care of all that and we'll get through all that too. Uh, we're all about just finding people who are passionate and want to see if this is something that could be a career or even a hobby. It doesn't matter which one, but uh, we're all about that. We're all about the passion here at Belly Up Sports and, and that's what that's what we're looking to do. We want And we just want to expand. We want to take over. So yeah, make sure you go to the websites, hit join the crew. And uh, you'll either talk to me or you talk to our, our leader, Jade, in, in that, and you know, we'll get you going. Dan, no fancy sure. NASCAR or uh, golf. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I, yeah. I mean, we're like really big, but it's not, yeah, it's not a focus. <laughs> so, yeah, no one can read that with your crappy ass camera, my, uh, Chris. It's not helping, it's just getting blurrier. Can anyone see I don't that? Know that no. No. It, just looks like, right it, it looks like your daughter took your paper and just scribbled all over it. That's all it looks like. Well, I write in cursive. So let's get that. It's like calligraphy. Oh, well, I've got a big quill. I dip it into a like a, a vat of ink. You know, it's 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 nothing simple here in Texas. So, this isn't Harry Potter, man. Yeah. In fact, me and my wife have started to watch that and we watch that every night. We're on 
Harry Potter year seven tonight. Started to watch it as in like first time. Oh, absolutely not. Okay, oh, good. I, I was I okay. Yeah, I'm a little worried. Okay, I mean they're okay. So here's the deal: we stream. Oh, a dude, lot end of the show, man. I, we yeah. don't need to hear this. <laughs> okay. Long story short, Billy Winsnight HBO is canceling Harry Potter for the rest of the month. So we decided to watch it. We're on year seven. That is correct. Billy Wit with one more point than Dan Mater uh, wins tonight on the show for the first cabinet meeting ever. Next week, guys who are watching us, we're going to go to week one. We're going to help you win your fantasy championship. And we'll have another cabinet meeting here pretty shortly, maybe during the week uh, or in a couple weeks, and let Dan try to win it because he was so close. It was ridiculous. It was like, it was really ridiculous until I, until I realized what my rankings were. I'm sorry. Until I get back in here as a chat. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, everyone who participated tonight in our chat, everyone who's watched. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Watch MD's Nation. Watch Belly Up Fancy Lab. Follow us on Twitter. We're going to help you win. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Thank you for listening to Belly Up Fantasy Live. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.